Hello, and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that is part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Well, Craig, uh, I don't know if I'm into video games anymore. Oh, you're just now finding that out? I I think I've been on the downturn for the past couple years. Ever since I stopped playing GTA regularly, I think I've just the desire. Okay, so I stopped playing GTA regularly, and then I transitioned to Warzone. Yeah. And then I hopped into Red Dead. And I think since I finished playing Red Dead 2, and I've come back into Warzone, like, my heart for video games is gone. So... Let's give a little bit of context, all right? For the last, since you joined the military, so like for the last five years, um, basically our main medium of conversation has been playing Xbox together, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we it's mostly with games that is easy to talk and play at the same time. GTA, Minecraft, Call of Duty, stuff like that. And I, and listen, I knew I realized that you were not into video games themselves as a concept when we <laughs> when we haven't moved on from Warzone a year and a half later. Yeah, I literally only do it so I could talk to you guys. And that's why, like, um, I forgot there was a new Xbox that came out. I'm just so not interested in it. Yeah, and- was, the last, was the last video game that you played, was it a way out? Where we played it together. What do you mean last video game? Obviously, like, I play video games every Yeah, I mean, this is like one that's not like a social game. Yeah, probably. Um, yeah, I just like, I mean, Red Dead, I, I, I got into before you guys got into. Yeah, yeah. And I just played it by myself. Like, I'd just be alone playing it. But like, it just doesn't happen. I have like Assassin's Creed. I did that for a little bit. But like, I'm starting to think... It's just not for me. And and there's a couple other parts that I really don't like. Like in my brain, I still feel like I like I'm I feel guilty for playing video games. Yeah, for you sure, know? totally. Like I should be doing something in real life that helps. Because what I realized is like I've put I think 3 months, maybe 4 months total game time in GTA since 2017. Or 2018. I'm, I'm kind of factoring in all of it. Okay. All right. Sure, sure. So that's pure time in front of a TV playing. Um, I almost never went AFK. So for me, I look at that. I'm like, that is time in my life where I wasn't doing anything else. And I'm grinding in that game. Most of that time, I would say half that time I'm not having fun. I'm doing jobs to get money to get a car that's not real. I'm doing and I'll I'll drive that car around and I'll keep doing that again and do that again and do that again. But I'm not willing to grind in real life. You know? I'm not doing jobs to get money to get cars. I'm doing that in a video game and I'm I'm just mindlessly doing work in a not real place. And I think once I realize that, I'm like I am so successful in a place that doesn't matter. And then well, ever since I think I had that realization, like now I f- almost feel bad for playing video games too much. And I think the crux of it is the fact that like you said it yourself half the time, you're not having fun doing it. So 
I think that's kind of the that's why like playing social games is still fun is because there's an element because we your friends are injecting that element of fun right Mm -hmm. so it's just a matter of like finding I'm not I'm this is not me trying to get you back into video games I'm just saying in general the the concept would be finding the game that has the fun already that you don't have to make your own fun that you don't have to like that you don't feel bad for playing it because like the thing is like n- as long as you had a good time doing it no time is truly wasted right it's a good philosophy and i feel like time is i don't know is not- if i agree wait 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 as long as you had a good time cuz i think there's there's bad ways to have fun you know there's ba- like drugs yeah, yeah sure that's the first thing that comes to my mind drugs uh well any philosophy cracks when you put it under the concept of drugs okay, okay. <laughs> what about hear me out um street sex work what about it if i participated in that on a regular basis because that would be fun yeah some might say hey man don't know if that's a great use of your time well obviously there there are nuances to any sentence, Alex. If yeah. we took everything at face value, but I'm we would saying be a- video games are drugs. But they don't I'm have not- to be. You treat them like they are. I treat everything like drugs. And this is why I need you to go see a therapist. I think <laughs> <laughs> everything's a drug. <laughs> and I okay. don't. I'm not a. Listen, doctor. Video games are bad. Video games like make people go out and make you violent. But I am saying video games are drugs. Social media is drugs. Working is drugs. Working out is drugs. Movie is everything's drugs. You know, I think most of it is not good for you. Listen, or doctor, maybe there's a fine amount thing. that is good. I think everything I do is the equivalent to drugs. And if it's not if it's fun, it's drugs. If it's not fun, it's not drugs. And those no, that's the only that binary I live in. That are also drugs. I think most things are drugs. <laughs> and I'm just trying to figure out like the f- couple things that aren't drugs. I think traveling isn't drugs. I you, think spending saying, time with family and friends. You think that isn't like drugs. travel euphoria and like you know, social gain, those aren't drugs? I think talking about traveling is drugs, but I think traveling isn't drugs. I think posting about it on social media is drugs. I think experiencing a new culture isn't drugs. People who travel, even if they don't talk about it, just like I know people that travel regularly and I'm like, you are just as like you are on the same level as people that work out regularly, regardless of if you post it on social media or not, you like this is your thing that you have chosen to dedicate your life to and like listen that's not a bad thing just like be aware of it yeah i'm just careful cuz i don't want my life to be you know five words you know like he military video games podcast friend you know i want to be more like 20 words and i think that's gonna take times i just want like i don't want to be addicted to a drug i want to be 
a freaking cocktail. You know, I mean, you already are up to twenty words if you're uh, if you want us to count the derogatory terms as well, because that that was that's a laundry list, baby. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's that too. I'm just trying to like have. I don't want to. I don't want to pick a favorite drug. I don't. No one should have a favorite drug. I think, or even a top three drugs. You need to have lots of drugs so you don't get addicted to one of them. Well, so go do drugs, kids. Yeah, go do drugs and play Hellblade. Send you a sacrifice. Yes, um, absolutely. All right. Would you like to? This is our last binge watch for the marathon. Yeah, um, dude. How are you feeling about that? It's tiring. <laughs> We've talked um, about this. And the thing is, and the worst part is, it's not even the end of the segment. Like the rest, the, we have one more movie of this month, so we're still stuck in this universe. And of let's Fast remind and the us, let's remind our audience. We started this back in April, so we recorded the first episode back at the end of April, so this franchise has kind of just been haunting us for two months now. <laughs> Dude, it's we watched our ninth movie this week. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're all taking place in the same universe. So, it's it's very, very rarely do I get cinema fatigue from the podcast. But I am very excited to not watch uh, a movie for a little bit. Hey, if you're looking for that next bonus episode for MCU reviews, you're going to have to wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's just like, I'm so glad the month uh, prior to this, we did like movies that were totally different. So it kind of c- cleansed the palate. And I'm I'm hoping maybe either next month or the month after that, like we cleanse it again. Like we got to yeah. do a bunch of different stuff. Because yeah, this whole sure. action, driving fast complete off the wall obviously this would never happen is wearing me down <laughs> okay so this week we watched furious 7 the fate of the furious and fast and furious presents hobbs and shaw um we're gonna be we're gonna level with you guys we're just we're just ditching the whole timer thing we tried we tried to con- we tried to restrain ourselves and we lost it we we lost the plot real bad so we're just going to go balls to the wall. If we talk about these movies for 90 minutes, that's just how the cards fall. Right. So before we jump in, of these three, are there any like general ideas you want to toss out? Well, first, uh, if you want to skip ahead, here's your uh, time code. Uh, again, all spoilers, full hog, you know the deal. Uh, here's your time code. Time code, 128 minutes. Seven seconds. Yeah. Um, just like general notes. They're definitely action movies now. There's a lot of stuff that I want to say after we okay, wrap yeah, we the whole discussion the more um, than anything else. This. Yeah. This is my least favorite. So in terms of so we're so no, in terms saying, of Furious Seven, trilogy, so we're starting with Furious as Seven as a first two oh. first three movies, next three movies, these three movies, these are my least favorite. I know a lot um, of people are going to be like, well, I don't know the first three. I don't know. It's just like for me, I'm like this is just too much. I think I appreciate I appreciate the first trilogy and this trilogy the same for different reasons like i think the first trilogy are good racing movies and this trilogy are better action movies 
So I think they both bring the same, um, for me personally, purely subjective, I think they bring the same amount of quality to the table. All it's right, just they're bringing different 7. things. Came out in Let's talk about Furious 7. And this was... Um, and... Wow, spacing, spacing, spacing. Paul Walker's last movie. Paul Walker. Yeah, he this did was Paul most Walker's of it himself, last movie. but his brothers had to yeah. step in and, and stand in for him. But there was definitely a point where you could tell Especially when Especially that last driveaway scene, it was bad. Yeah, the scene that I noticed where he died was um, when they mm-hmm. get back to Los Angeles because they're trying to lose Shaw in the city. And they do kind of like that lineup right. where they're all where they all have lines, and every time Brian spoke, mm-hmm. the camera was never yeah, just on a bunch him. Of editing tricks, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. And again, they did the best they and could. I think I'm if not you didn't the know, you would that. know. Yeah, for sure. Um, starting at the beginning. Also, I just want to say this movie. Whew, uh, the the thing I have to say about these three movies is that they are annoyingly British. Because Deckard Shaw, who is the brother of Owen Shaw, who we, you know, defeated in the last movie. So Deckard Shaw, he's like in a building. In the fifth movie. Because in the last movie, you know, we introduced to Deckard. And now Deckard's just in the franchise. Yeah, so... I know the way that he delivers like he says the word bollocks in that first line and he delivers it in such an unnatural way it felt like oh the writers wanted to establish that Deckard Shaw is an anxious or uh, is an obnoxiously British person and that happens throughout the entire time Shaw is on screen is his lines are just annoyingly British like and it comes you back over the head again British. in Hobbs and Shaw where you're like holy smokes yeah because and we'll talk about it when we talk about it but the whole like dichotomy of Hobbs and Shaw is like we have the most American person ever and the most British yeah. person ever it's, like shut right. up so but I'm that's not this this things. is Furious Seven. This is the only movie out of the entire series I didn't see in theaters. Uh, not, that, not that I didn't see it in theaters, that I didn't see it all. I actively have avoided this movie since it came out. Um, I think there was, it was just, I, this was the movie where people jumped into the series. So if a bunch of people had never seen a Fast and Furious movie, found out that Paul Walker died and said, oh, I'm going to watch this one. So that made me mad because it's, it's just like, imagine this is the seventh album of an amazing band and people jumped in and be like oh my gosh dude this series i'm like shut up you know i've hey so if you uh are just joining us for the first time with the fast and furious franchise um alex wants to no, it's one of these things i'm like literally why into oblivion so other- it's the seventh movie who jumps into like the sixth movie of harry potter start from the beginning you know Sometimes this is this is like the only Fast and Furious movie some of these people have seen. Like that just doesn't make sense. So I guess it's even less like a band because a band you can just hop. <laughs> there's no like chronological order. You don't know who these characters are, bro. What and we're, the movie we're so deep they just yeah. stop introducing people. By the way, we just 
They're just like, you should know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, totally. And we're going to start bringing people back from the dead that you didn't even know were dead because you didn't watch the first six movies. So that's like, that's the <laughs> annoying part for me that I skipped this movie uh, entirely. First of all, because the entire movie's in the trailers. Uh, second thing, um, it became, it was super memed. The music was crazy. Like everything, you, I knew everything without having to watch the movie. Um, and now I watched it for the first time and I saw the Shaw um, monologue in the beginning when you find out that his brother's still alive, Owen. And that made me so mad because if you remember from our last podcast, Giselle died on the runway on an easily preventable death from like a dozen footfall gets ejected yeah. from a plane going like 120 miles per hour, hits the tarmac hard. And we're all just like, he's dead. Then you find out he's still alive and Giselle is definitely dead. And that made me so mad. And I'm like, what does anything mean anymore, by the way? And then um, I guess it was super cool when he was exiting the hospital and you saw that he literally took out every single person. We're talking a hundred people. And that was Super cool. Yeah. And yeah. then you realize, wait a second. I, I forgot I was supposed to leave that the Shaw brothers were brothers because they look nothing alike. They're both British. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I think they look similar enough to where They're both they have the same kind of like and body they both frame. Work out kind of. Strahan is like stocky and, um, What's his real name? Whatever. Owen. Luke Evans is not. Dude, it was just whack. Um, however, the soundtrack for this movie is good and it starts off hot. <sighs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, so I just want to say, so we start the movie in um, Hobbs office, right? And first of all, he's going through partners like nobody's business, right? This is the third movie that Hobbs is in and it's and his third way, partner women that he's had. Because in this movie, uh, there's, you're only allowed to have so many women on screen. You have... You're only allowed to have so many have women, to. but you do and have to you hit have that You have two quota. action women and then you have a romantic interest woman. That's how it works. And so far, Mia has been taking up the romantic interest. So that means we can only have two more. And one of them is usually Letty and then you have another one. And we got rid of Giselle, so we needed another one. <laughs> Yeah, so we brought in, so now we have, you know, Hobbs's new partner, and uh, he sees Shaw, so Hobbs walks into his office, he sees Shaw, like, hacking into his computer or whatever, and they have this really big fight in the office, and it's a wait, cool wait, intro wait scene, like, cool. You know like, that his new partner is Elena, right? His new partner was Dom's ex, because when uh, Letty came back, Elena's like, I gotta be a full-time cop, this life isn't for me, and then she went to go work for Hobbs. She oh, had a different haircut. No, she I looks... didn't. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she's different not haircut, short hair, different lighting. Yeah, she is that freaking Brazilian bombshell we got introduced to uh, oh, okay. earlier. Okay. Yes. Chris Hemsworth. So swipe. she gets brought in. Now she works for Hobbs. Yeah. Okay. Meeting. The I genuinely did not know that. Quota. Doesn't yep. matter because she's in because five minutes we get of this introduced movie. to another woman and, um, she and also get kicked out. <laughs> yeah, Dude, this movie's yeah. so stupid. So, um, so stupid. We <laughs> so there's this really cool action scene at the beginning, 
and like fine cool whatever but then Hobbs gets blown out of a building Dude, he gets blown out the building and lands on I, a car I and, the, at me and, the, and, like, and then he's landing on a car I'd never seen this movie before. I'm like, he's landing on the car. And I'm like, do you know how I know? Yeah, same. Because remember oh, that one time same. Dom got ejected out of his car and caught Letty and landed on a car? I guarantee you, if you're going out a window, you're landing on a car. And I'm pretty sure it happens twice in this movie. Yeah. So the thing is, he he gets ejected from this building oh, via yeah. explosion, right? And they are pretty high up the ground uh-huh. i would say five or six stories up the exact note that i have written in all caps reads there is no way that even the rock survived that fall no coma no medevac that fall my would have him dead on the rock in this movie there's like in all the whole series three things one apparently he's the hulk because he's the strongest person you've ever seen and it gets worse throughout the movies second thing this guy yeah. Has an exclusive yeah, yeah. contract with Under Armour because he doesn't stop. He doesn't wear something else until Hobbs and Shaw. Every single scene, yeah. And at least in Hobbs and Shaw, at least in yeah. Hobbs and Shaw, they kind of make fun of that a little bit. A lot of Deckard's right. quips this, are about only his wears tight Under shirts. Armour. He must have a sponsorship. And three, this guy gets in so many fights and very rarely bleeds, like almost ever. No scratches, no marks, no bruises, no nothing. Man has skin of titanium. Is impenetrable, and it drives me crazy. Um. All right, I want to move on to the next scene that I have written down. So they are all. So we see that Dom, Brian, and Mia are kind of like living together, and. Uh, they're raising their kid. Their kid's name is Jack. He's like preschool age. Wait, you think and he's preschool? They are age? getting to, uh, or like, yeah, he's like he's young. three or he's four, very, isn't he's, he? He's very young, and yeah, uh, yeah, whatever. And so, semantics, and uh, yeah, and so there's this bit where he has you know the red car in his hand and he goes like daddy look a flying car and brian goes cars don't fly buddy and i write and i write my notes i'm gonna guess that there's gonna be a yep. flying car at some point 100 i was right also i was right not not quite in the way not quite as literally as i thought but okay they could not also, have made the foreshadowing um, in more that same obvious. scene right we're gonna introduce the family then they put um jack in the car and then we get sent back to where the last movie ended, where Deckard Shaw calls Dominic and goes, hey, from Tokyo, right after from killing Tokyo. Han, like immediately after, and is like, I'm coming for you. And then. Yeah, which means, which is important to note that this means that this is the first movie to take right. place after everything Tokyo before Drift. this happened in like, what, 2003. <laughs> I guess. Or Fast and Furious or took Tokyo, place or in Tokyo 2015. Drift was in the future. <laughs> and we didn't know it. Yeah. So, and so the note that I have, so Vin Diesel goes to Tokyo to try to track down Shaw and like to get like, to try to like yeah. figure out the whole Han situation, right? Um, and the note that I have for that is just, hey, just in case anyone was wondering, oh, Sean's actor, dude, still bad at acting. I saw him and I'm like, oh, this guy's supposed to be 17. 17 years after he filmed the movie where he was supposed to be yeah. 17. 
<laughs> this guy when he was 23 is already years old and looks like he could be my father. <laughs> it was rough, dude. It looked like they just pulled as it they literally probably had him on set for a day and the director was probably like, "Hey, you remember how to do that southern accent, right?" And he he goes, nails it. Probably. Yeah, I bet you they like, "Can you watch this movie? Make sure you do exactly that." We have a page of lines we'll get you out in maybe a day or two of shooting, probably a day, have you out before lunch. And they they nail it and it pissed me off. I'm like, this is unnecessary. I know what you're doing. They love connecting these movies, but wow, dude, it was bad. Yeah, uh, this yeah, whatever. Um there's not yeah. much to say about that scene um, other than it sucks. Um <laughs> and like Vin Diesel has a line that's like like um nothing can beat american yeah, muscle i mean how many times do you like, have to say shut it? up so dude. then we go to Han's funeral and we see dom in the first yeah which i want which i wanted to say is i respect that i respect but also hate how han is the first character to get yeah. a funeral in this franchise like i'm glad that it was han you know because han is the best but like yeah. really dude, nobody before this funeral and that that makes me mad. She's a slept on character, but whatever. But yeah, Han goes to the funeral. We see Dom yeah. in a suit. Of course, he doesn't wear a tie and his shirt is unbuttoned because, you know, he's Vin Diesel and he's like, he's if Diesel. I have to wear sleeves, I'm not wearing a tie. And then, you know, everyone's crying and then he <laughs> hops in his car and he chases Deckard. And then he gets out with a freaking sledgehammer in his car. After they intentionally crash into each other. Oh, I did want to say something about that. This might this might be totally different from how you view it, but I've seen so many games of chicken in movies like this where somebody always swerves at the last second, always swerves at the last second. But I respect that these two actually collided. Very few movies with a right. game of chicken end with a collision. So I, I, I liked having that. However, they dude, should both be Neither one of dead. them are wearing seatbelts. Um, all cars pretty much before the 90s had no crumple zones. So basically, Dom would have absorbed all the shock into his body. Super dead. Gets out. No scratches. No broken bones. He's fine. Right? Like, and like even Deckard who like they did like a little thing to be like oh you had a reinforced chassis hey Dude, they were it both was still so going stupid. like 40 and miles then, an of hour of course dom both of them get out unscathed dom gets out with the sledgehammer and then decker gets out he goes oh you thought this was going to be a street fight and i'm like this is foreshadowing and by the way dom you're an idiot for not keeping a gun in your car a sledgehammer what are you doing? Are you still trying to convince us that you don't kill people? Because this is the seventh movie. And I've seen you kill somebody in quite a few movies. I watched you. <laughs> yeah. I watched you throw someone out of a train specifically onto the also, beams of a bridge. Shoot guns now. At high speed. We've seen you do it. Let's. Dude, people are hitting other people with cars going like 100 miles per hour. <laughs> Why are we still getting out pretending we're going to fight people with our fists? Um, so this confrontation between Deckard and Dom ends by a team of in, of like military grade agents 
you know, rappelling in from the sky and like coming in from all entrances, pointing guns at everybody and like forcing them to stand down. Deckard somehow runs away basically. And yeah, listen, I do not understand how a team of probably what would you say, like two dozen agents with fully automatic assault rifles. How do you miss one person? How does that many people miss one one person? Someone shoot him. Yeah. And then we get introduced to Kurt Russell's character, because I guess <laughs> Kurt Russell's Wild. in this franchise now. <laughs> and his character's name is Mr. Nobody. And he oh, and he's the head of like a secret organization that works for the betterment of the globe. And he always wears sunglasses and he knows what's best for everybody. And I, I'm like, Kurt Russell, you are too good Dude, of an actor must, to be I'm, in this movie. I like, am so sorry. about the franchise. They just start paying people more and more money. And I'm like, wait, you're in this? Um, Yeah, but now here's the thing. Once you get past um, Furious 6, I think. Or was it Fast 5? Was that the Tank movie? Fast 5 is the last sensical. What was the Tank movie? I think that was 5. Was that the Tank movie? Um, yeah. Okay. No, six, it was six. The tank introduces the save the world mentality, where p- innocent people are getting involved. Yeah. And since then, the world is always in danger. Always in danger. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so Kurt Russell brings Dom in, and he's like, "Hey, we have already assembled your team, and the whole team is there." They need to stop pretending like they need an excuse to get everybody yeah. in the same room. Just do it. We don't care. Um, and they explain, oh, we have this device that can hack into every camera and search the entire planet in a, in a matter of hours. And we're going to use it to find But first, uh, you have Shaw, to do this for us. And, but Shaw's also looking for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we meet. Wait, there's a couple of things. There's a couple Listen, things because hey, there's like a list the of things one, to do before okay. we can do this. Okay. You need to go save Ramsey because she's essentially the only – she's a hacker who created it and she's the only person that can operate it. But you have to save her first. And then once we get her, then we need to go get God's Eye. And then once you get God's Eye, then we will find Deckard and then you can have him. So this is like a three-part movie. They basically just told us what they were doing in the, throughout first, second, and third act. Like first act is going to end with this mission. Second act is going to be this yeah. mission. Third act is going to be what you want. Right? And listen, man. I'm not going to talk about how obviously there was a Corona sponsorship when they were meeting Mr. Nobody. Whatever. That pissed me off too. Um, <laughs> Letty comes back. But whatever. Um, obviously, this guy has unlimited resources. Of course. And when I say Letty's back, it's because they broke up for 20 minutes and she comes back because saving the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's important to note this movie starts with Letty looking at her own grave. Being like, this isn't who I am anymore. I need to go find myself. And yeah, then she leaves and then comes back for this mission. Later, so it's like, oh, uh, you find yourself already? Nobody, and she's like, I, I can't not save the world. Now, this movie has two or three iconic things. Purely because the media blew it up. It was This, is, this movie grossed a billion dollars. Faster than any other movie up until this point. Right? So there's a couple iconic scenes. Like I think there's three of them I'll talk about. One of them... Is the cars yeah. out of the plane? Yes. Yeah. So there's this. 
uh, Roman comes up with this idea where he's like, oh, we can, like, we need to drop here because that's where they're going to least expect us because it's the most secure. And then uh, Ludacris, Tej, is like, actually, I know how we can get to that mountain without having to cross the secure roads. And they yeah, drop straight up cars from, parked uh, in the plane. plane. They have parachutes attached. And, and Roman and the back end of the plane opens up and you just drive out and fall. And Roman is too scared to do it. So he sits in the plane for a while. And then Tej like basically takes remote control of his car and drives him out anyway. Yeah. You know, it's fine. Whatever. And like in general, this is a good action scene as far as like this trilogy like this is basically the bread and butter for this trilogy is like we are in our cars and we are mm-hmm. doing action scenes with our cars which like happened in five and six as well but like this is like the meat of that um so basically they're going to rescue this uh hacker named ramsey and hey hey audience i want to level with you for a second uh normally when we talk about female actresses i try to avoid you know, commenting on their attractiveness because that's not really the point of the movie. The point of them is to Rams do a is good a performance. Smoke show, dude. However, dude, oh my god, I'm in show. love with Ramsey. Uh, oh my god, Natalie Emmanuel, smoke show. Natalie Emmanuel. Oh, whew. if I, oh my god, yeah, like I was feeling um, something. Anyway, that's all I need mixed, to say about that. Uh, but mixed people are freaking built different, dude. Just she's built different. And the thing is, is Tej and Roman <laughs> never let up on how attractive she is. Like for the rest of the movies, we're gonna talk about it. Yeah. Um, and this is when we realize, oh, Elena's not coming back because we just got introduced to a new woman. So we're not gonna hear about her again. Because <laughs> yeah. we have Letty, we have Mia. Mia obviously can't be an action character because we only can have two female action characters. So Ramsey's gonna be in this now. Oh, and Mia is also pregnant. Again, you know, that's all which we don't what find out until the end of the movie? movie. Get her pregnant. Great idea. And that's just how this movie goes. <laughs> and now and so now we have Ramsey and Ramsey and Tej kind of have this like techno banter BS, but I think between them like that's kind of their chemistry. Like, oh, we'll let it go. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's what like techno babble and science babble are just the two things where it's like I understand that you need to say words to justify the BS thing you're about to do. So like don't even pretend that it's real. I understand that you All just right, need so, to get to the next thing. Just do it. Right. And that's so kind of Ramsey and Tej's whole thing. There's a whole sequence. It gets kind of cool. We get introduced to like a karate guy. Of course, this movie's obsessed with hiring real MMA fighters to come in and get their butt kicked by freaking casuals, and that happens. So, Toretto is surrounded (laughs) on a cliff by about 50, 25 people with guns. Right. Oh, my God. And Ramsey's in the car with him. And we think he's going to do a donut to conceal what's going to happen. Which. Yeah. Which he he, does a little bit. He does the donut. Also, before we find out, he's turned around. Right. And then the the dust clears. Uh, Yeah. I just want to say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It clears for a little bit, and, and like everybody can see him. Like yeah, it's a little like, cloudy, but like, hey, we can and still no see shooting. you. Also, this is he's doing a donut. Um, we're, shoot. <laughs> we're introduced to. We are. This is the scene where we're introduced to another actor that's too good to be in this movie. I'm. I might be butchering this name, so I apologize. But like Jimon Hansu, who was in Guardians of the Leonardo Galaxy, DiCaprio, which like was an amazing movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, again, another. I saw him step out of that <laughs> car, you. and I'm like, oh, Hunts not you, too. Not you, too. <laughs> and and he and like you said nobody shoots him while he's doing this cloud but he's oh, doing this countdown yeah. after we park like, on my mark here. fire on my and, mark i'm like just shoot just shoot just shoot and, and like the countdown is like three dude two i'm like he can hear you you what? idiot <laughs> And and of course, this is all to lead up to the fact that Toretto just Dude, I thought, drives like, off a cliff. Oh, there's a plan. Toretto, this is the second time in this movie he's just like, I'll just crash. Well, whatever. Again, he drives, they get, again, 40, 50 feet of air and land directly on the nose of the car. Well, she puts Ramsey on a helmet and puts on a seatbelt. Vin Diesel. Oh, okay, sure, I guess sure, this sure. thing has a roll cage. But come on, dude. And then both of them get out, no scratches, no blood, and walk away. Um, then, you know, oh, we do is, more techno babble, blah, blah, blah. the entire blah. series for me. Uh, oh, it's just right. Like, yeah, yeah. You're former cop, former military, obviously. You're the hacker guy because you got offended about hacking. You are obviously the alpha. You are obviously, obviously Mrs. Alpha. And you are obviously the Joker. And he goes, try double alpha. And I'm like, that's a good line, dude. <laughs> like, you're wrong. I'm double alpha. Uh, there's also another scene that's important. That, there's also another sequence that's important about the scene before we move on, which is. <laughs> so Brian is driving the bus that oh, yeah. Ramsey was being kept in. And essentially. And essentially drives it off a cliff, but he's able, it's like balancing on it and he's able to get on top. And so he does that thing where the bus is falling down the cliff, but he's running up the bus and he, and he makes a leap of faith to get back to the cliff and Letty drives down, drifts like at exactly the edge of the cliff and Brian catches on to the uh, spoiler of the car. Yeah. Like if you want to talk about like, scenes that are cool if you're able to suspend that disbelief this that sequence is the same as vin diesel catching right. letting i would say that scene is iconic movie, it is before. in the trailers like so everyone knows it um yeah it i don't think it's quite as extravagant to be iconic but everyone knows about it and it is super cool and i think that is one of the more believable things that they've done dom jumping out of the car and catching somebody landing on a windshield which is saying iconic, something but this i'm like <laughs> It isn't crazy to drift and have someone catch it. That's not. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is crazy, but it's not impossible. Um, uh, um, uh, you know, so, okay. So next, the, the next important thing that we need to talk about, cause we kind of need to start going through this a little bit is, uh, the way that they need to find Shaw is there's, or yeah, no, they're so trying to got, find we've, a we've chip gone through, for this God's is like eye, freaking right? the Explorer, bro. There's three things you got to do. We've done the first thing, and that's get Ramsey. Next thing we knew, need to do is get God's Eye, which is in a sp- – then because Ramsey gave it to someone to save for safekeeping, and the guy kept it and sold it to a billionaire in Abu Dhabi to put in his car. Prince. So I think a prince. step two. So Vin Diesel and so basically the whole crew goes undercover to this big party 
to try to infiltrate the garage right. mm-hmm. and take the chip out of the car, right? Um, the scene is fine. You know, whatever. I don't really think there's anything extravagant to say. There's a fight scene between right, because, Ronda you know, Rousey and Letty. They love getting uh, real fighters involved just to get their butts kicked by not only actors that don't have any experience, but we have no reason to believe that Letty can fight. She's a mechanic, but obviously she can kick yeah. five people at the same time and just wipe the floor with them because whatever. Yeah. And so, like, that was a... That was a fine action scene. Uh, Roman has a scene. He d- he does this bit where he like embarrasses an yeah. entire crowd to keep oh, them distracted. And obviously, T Pain is the DJ. And then so whatever, we're gonna bring in another celebrity. Yeah. And then they and so Brian and Dom are charged car, with getting the, way, the ship like out of the car. Hypersport. Dom millions, lifts- millions, and millions of dollars. Very few of them made extremely fast. And apparently, in this movie, it's bulletproof. For for a very particular reason, <laughs> uh, and so Dom lifts for the car up with his bare minutes. hands, and br- <laughs> and <laughs> and Brian gets under there, get is trying to get the chip out, can't. They get in the, they trigger an alarm, they get in the car, and they have to basically drive away. Hey, important detail for this party. It's uh, on yeah. like mm, two hundred stories building. up. This is the second most iconic scene. After, you know, cars getting dropped out. It is iconic in the trailer. Everyone loves this scene. And it's also the resolution to the flying car foreshadowing we mentioned. Because in order to get away from the people that are shooting at them, they drive at full speed out the window towards another building that's about the same height and just go into the next window, basically. It's a very long they, jump, The only reason mind they you. can suspend our disbelief like, is, one, they descri- pre- they actually describe it as being like, this car can go super fast. It's also bulletproof. It can do anything. It's a supercar. And then, right before they do the first jump, yeah. <laughs> Vin Diesel says, time to unleash the beast. So we know there's no way this plane could possibly fail. <laughs> and so basically, they go through that second building, and they just tear through it. They haul. And then, yeah. guess what? They do it they again! Do it in the third building. <laughs> so we went from 200th floor to like 120 to like the 50th floor. And then, and so they're still cruising through this third building. Brian is like basically unplugging everything he can in the car. And like the brakes don't work now. And so they can't stop the car. So Brian's able to get the God's Eye chip out. They both jump off. Uh, Dom jumps out of the building, uh, ju- not out of the building, <laughs> jumps out of the car, but he still has so much momentum. He tumbles to the very edge of the building and then he gets up and stands there and looks over the edge as the car kind of like crashes through and falls to the ground. He looks through that hole in the building they just made. And I'm just like, hey, Dom, you can also hear the hey, wind. Dom, maybe don't you stand also, so close they're so to hard. The edge, you can hear the wind. There's like in the clouds. <laughs> Yeah, so that scene, fun, fine, whatever. Um, What did I say? Oh, uh, the only note I wrote about that scene is, if I ever throw a party where models are dancing, you bet your bottom dollar I'm having them painted gold as well. gold, gold. Um, Yeah, you know, Abu Dhabi billionaire. Um, Yeah, then there's a scene where, like, I don't know if I don't know what happened because it was too complicated or I just didn't care. Where, like, Brian and Dom meets up with Mr. Nobody because now, no, in so a now warehouse or whatever. The plan, we've and gotten then, God's eye. So now we're going to use it to find Deckard. 
but we have to link up with Mr. Nobody because he's the one who came up with the first two tasks. He goes, if you do the first two things, then I'll help you find Deckard. So when they're about to give him God's eye, they have I don't it, have it, they're giving it to him, then there's a raid. So then there's a, there's a raid. Um, Deckard Shaw brings in a bunch of his guys to come and save him. Um, flashbang to pieces. Everyone's getting shot up. Um, obviously, everyone walks away okay because that's how this movie works. Nobody important dies. Um, so there's a whole raid that happens. And essentially, God's eye gets taken from them. Like, completely. Um, so now, we're in the third act. We've done the first two things. Now we need to get God's eye so we can track down good old Strahan. Right? And then... After that, we go to L.A. because now um, they have God's eye and they're going to track us and kill each one of us because Deckard is kind of pissed about what we did to his brother. Um, So they go back to L.A. and we all stand in a line and we talk while looking at the city and not looking at each other. And there's like nine of us and we're just going to look at the city. And then they say um, something about like, Oh, this is when Brian finds out he's, they're pregnant, by the way. This is because Brian's always the last, Brian is always the last person to know because Brian calls, um, they're looking at LA, they're in a line, they're like, oh, this is going to be bad. They're going to come for us. They're going to know exactly where we're at because they have God's lie. So he calls me and goes, hey, babe, I got bad news. You thought us blowing up the house was bad. I'm about to go on one last ride and I want you to know how much you mean to me. And then she goes, oh, by the way, everyone knows this, but you but I'm pregnant again. And he goes, no way. And she's like, yeah, way. And he goes, well, you need to start telling me this stuff beforehand because this can't keep getting a plot point in the third act of a movie. Yeah. And then um, (laughs) we're back in LA Um, and then Toretto's charger, you know, the, the other main character in this movie that never goes away. And it's going to be in every movie. (laughs) <laughs> the main character that has died so and been times, brought back to life um, the most. Now we're getting chased around downtown LA and it looks like a GTA sequence. Um, I just want to say before we dive headfirst into the LA scene, because this is the final, this is basically the final scene of the movie during that big exposition dump that Alex just gave you. There's a point yeah. where Mr. Nobody gets shot and Brian or is it Brian or Dom? I forget who it is, but like basically leaves him on the side of the road in the middle of a desert. And I'm like, oh, he's dead now. No. Helicopter comes in no, out of nowhere and goes, actually, I am my own insurance. <laughs> and a guy, obviously, especially he's the most important man in the world, apparently. And he gets saved. That whole sequence, there was no stakes. Nobody dies. Mr. Nobody gets shot. But they're like, we can't kill Cook Russell. Well, his assistant dies. His assistant yeah. dies, Couldn't but we didn't care about him. Shepard was his name. Whatever. So they call okay, in a helicopter, in the, right? Into the LA to scene. LA. Now, this movie yeah. is post-Tokyo Drift, which means this movie is post-9-11. If you think an attack helicopter <laughs> can go into the second biggest city in the U.S. and... Dude, and not meet any resistance. Two... Military bases within five minutes of of jet interference. Five minutes. Also, let's be clear. Let's make it more specific. 
a yeah, foreign attack helicopter. With rockets <laughs> attached, dude. Also, Mr. Nobody was going to give him a heads up yeah. because, you know, he is the government. Why didn't he just like, hey, Pendleton, hey, um, San Diego, Navy base. We, I know, I'm pretty sure we have an aircraft carrier there. We're about to have an Apache helicopter come in to, you know, one of the most populous cities we have in the U.S. You want to do something about it, but instead, we're going to have an elite team of drivers. And like, here's the thing: figure like, it out. Oh, and by the way, do we mention there's also a drone? And you, can- and you can't even like. You can't even go with the solution that they normally do, which is like, this is an off-the-books operation. You're on your own. Hey, hey, not when 40 yeah, million hey, lives are at you stake, don't, this actually. Is you don't think that stuff's going to be on the news? You don't... And in fact, in fact, it is on the news during that scene. And do you know what it being on the news uh, triggers as a reaction? The Rock, who has not been in this movie for... Uh, about a hundred minutes stands up from his hospital bed looks at the news says i need to be a part of that and looks at his full arm cast and he flexes that cast off (laughs) (laughs) so i imagine the rock i i I imagine the rock must have been filming like jumanji or something because i the directors were just like hey do you want to be in the first and last 10 minutes of this movie? And Dude. he's just like, and sure, I guess. of the military interfering and taking out the drone, he drives an ambulance into it. <laughs> this whole scene is just like a bunch of super complex techno babble yeah. to get them to just Ramsey's drive around in a God's circle eye, a lot. Because she's, uh, she's a creator. So they're going to try and hack it. And then, you know, we can track down Deckard. Which, by the way... We're kind of just like trying to survive now. We kind of gave up on Deckard. We're like, he's going to be in a different movie. Um, We're just trying to live and try to get God's eye back. Um, (laughs) So in order for that to happen, God's eye is in the helicopter. And that's how they can know where Ramsey is. And they're trying to kill her because they're driving around the city trying to hack it. And they have to be in a certain amount of range. They do the baby driver spin at the same time to pass Ramsey in one of these sequences. And it is oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so cool, dude. I it is cool. It is very fell cool. fell in love with it. it. Is it passed from Brian? Because Brian's car is about to get blown up. There's a heat-seeking missile going towards it. And Roman and them do a perfect, like, 360 turn, pass her between the windows, and he keeps driving. And I was just like, chef's kiss. It was beautiful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, there's this is just a scene with a lot of car stunts, a lot of fight scenes. Um, there's a scene where Deckard oh and Dom meet at the top yeah. of a parking garage for whatever reason, and they and they both like they're in a crash or whatever. So like one of them pulls a wrench, one of them pulls well, like no, that's scraps not of the Deckard wreckage or whatever, out, and then Dom comes out with a double barrel shotgun. And he goes, oh, you thought this was going to be a street fight? Call back. And then he fires the bullets in the air and says, you'd be right. And then picks up a, two wrenches <laughs> from the back of his car. And then Deckard pulls out scrap. Yeah, and, and these guys are swinging around like this stuff weighs five pounds. When I know for a fact 
they're at least 30 each. And these guys are just supposed to be crazy strong. Yeah. They yeah, are fighting like they nuts. are lightsabers. Um, and then, I, that, I mean, see, then, and then Dom, after that, who cares? Uh, I want to say. <laughs> and the parking yeah. garage collapses <laughs> and Deckard disappears. Yeah. Um, the stupidest death in this movie goes to the guy that Brian is fighting in that signal tower. Because this is the he uh, ninja rapped, because he, that we referenced earlier he, when they were trying to save Ramsey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So basically, he has like one of the he has like a cable spool, like one of those big cable spools, and he hooks it to the belt of one of the of the belt loop of the guy that he's fighting, and he kicks the spool down into an elevator shaft, and he kicks the spool while the guy is holding a weapon above his head, like Hobbit style. And uh, I think Brian says something like too slow. And there is mm, probably 30 seconds of us waiting for that spool to drop to the point where he gets pulled with it. There, he, he, The guy has the weapon above his hand, above his head. He looks at the elevator shaft, looks at his belt loop, looks at Brian, looks at the wire, looks at his belt loop, and then falls. I'm like, hey, bud, you could have done something. Yeah. You uh, let well, that happen. So... The ta- attach uh, Apache helicopter. Once the drone's out of play, now we just have to worry about the helicopter. Um, Deckard had a bunch of grenades in his car, like a hundred <laughs> grenades in his car. Don puts it in his car <laughs> and drives off the parking garage, throws the bag, the backpack, onto the helicopter, and not even like. Let's be clear. Not in the helicopter. Yeah, hooks it like, on, on, the, the, on the bottom rail. It's like the the strap of Which the bag. It's pretty hard to yeah, do, you know, yeah. when you're f- driving a car. But we've seen crazier. And then completely wrecks. Extremely dangerous accident. And then the rock, you know, we might have just, we kind of just saw him take out a drone. Pulls out his six shooter revolver. One hand just looks up, shoots the grenades, brings the helicopter down. And now we have to, which... Yeah, I guess we'll believe that. <laughs> of the things that we're believing, I guess bad, this isn't the and worst it made me one. Throw up in my mouth, but whatever. And then, so now we're finally well, at the freaking resolution Dom's of this movie. Dom's dead apparently, and Brian starts doing CPR and tells Letty, "Hey, breathe in his mouth, because you know I'm not gay." And then. <laughs> Letty, they do it for about <laughs> mm, 30 seconds. And by the way, you're supposed to do CPR till help shows up because you're keeping that person alive. And Letty goes, stop, stop, stop. Stop saving his life. I want to talk to him. I She gets aggressive about stop it. Stop performing she gets CPR. Aggressive. I want to talk to him and let him know my memories are back. And it works, guys. <laughs> That's how you bring people back. Yeah. Yeah. And then resolution, resolution, resolution. <laughs> um, and yeah uh so brian so the gang is at a beach or whatever mia brian mia and brian are playing with jack on the beach they're having a good time um and then vindy's and they basically they're basically it's them coming to the terms as far as story goes it's the gang coming to terms with brian and mia yeah, they are already have officially a out of the She's life pregnant with another good. brian needs to get out yeah and 
so he and so Vin Diesel is like, you know, this is good for him. And he starts to leave. Letty says something like, oh, don't you want to say goodbye? And Vin Diesel says, it's never really goodbye. Uh, and carbon, gets in his car you know, and drives Camaro, away. I mean, not the Camaro, and, the Charger, because it's always the Charger. Yeah. And then, so as he's driving away, he pulls up to a stop sign. Uh, he's at the stop sign for a little too long. And then Brian shows up in the car next to him. And, his family, but whatever. Yeah, by himself. And I, <laughs> um, I don't even remember what he says. Oh, before he says anything, we are hit with... I'm going to be honest, a yeah. pretty emotional well, montage. We have just watched of, uh, six the... movies with this guy and finishing the seventh movie. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be honest, like, even though I'm like, oh, I watched that, you know, two days ago. Um, <laughs> I still, I, I still, it was a very heartfelt montage. I, uh, this movie, when it chooses to, can do sentiment very right. right. And it, it was, was very, very right montage. in that moment. The music was See You Again. Charlie Puth was Khalifa. And uh, this is the final iconic scene of the movie where they're just driving right next to each other. And then they just diverge on the highway. Well, it's one of those things because like one of the running uh, running gags in this movie is uh, Brian thinks he's faster than Dom. And every time that they race, something happens to like make it not a technically valid win or whatever and so it's kind of like one of those bits where it's kind of played like oh they're finally gonna race to see who's the fastest and then instead of racing to a distinct end brian peels off to another side of the highway right. and, and they go ever wanted to see ways. if you ever wanted to definitively know that like that wasn't paul walker that is the, the cgi was not where it needed to be and you can tell that that scene was filmed with his brother and it was sad and that's pretty much the movie yeah. Um, like, listen, we've talked a lot of crap about this movie. It's a good action movie. If you like right. action movies, it's a good action movie. However, we've been invested in these characters for seven movies now, and we and uh, hey, the plot does what? not do a lot guess of heavy who lifting. Freaking so wrote to speak. this movie: Chris Morgan, Gary Scott Thompson, <laughs> the wackest <laughs> writers in Hollywood. So expect the dialogue to be unbearable because it is um i'm giving this movie a s- i'm gonna give it a flat seven i'm giving it a six purely and a out, of, out sentimentalism. of sentimentalism and this is literally the only movie of the entire series i hadn't seen and i mean guys if you are gonna watch this movie and you, and you obviously we spoiled the whole thing so i was gonna say don't watch the trailer but we spoiled the entire thing um, but yeah. <laughs> All right. So now that we've done a whole podcast about one movie, <laughs> this might be one of those things that we the just like. One. Fate of the Furious. Intermission. <laughs> okay. Fate of the Furious. <laughs> I'm tired. Uh, this one has. <laughs> okay. Fate of the Furious, <laughs> the eighth movie in the series. This. This one has Charlize Theron as the bad guy. It, dude, she wears white dreads the whole movie. If that gives you any indication of what kind of movie this is going to be. Is getting ridiculous. Because she's a legitimate actress. Oh, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Oscar winner, isn't she? Or Oscar uh, nominee, at least. Know. I'll check real quick. 
Um, you so keep this talking. I'll look is it up. the have- only rule that's broken in this movie is they allow. No, they don't. They don't even break the rule because guess what happens? There's a maximum amount of women and we just got rid of Mia, right? Which means one of them gets moved to the sentimental place and can't be an action star. That move, that person is Elena. So she's a sentimental person. And now the two women we have in this movie are Shayus Theron, a.k.a. Cypher, and Ramsey's in this full time now. So she's now we have two action women. Yeah. And a romantic. Um, Charlize Theron is in fact. Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron is in fact an Oscar winner right. and so one time winner, two time nominee. Star power. The women, the woman rule for these movies holds. Don't think because they introduced another one, they didn't get rid of somebody. Me is out of here. So still as sexist as before. Yeah. Now this movie <laughs> starts in Cuba and uh, this, it's it pissed me off, but that's okay. Dom says it's not what's under because he's about to race somebody to defend them, pretty much his cousin who's getting his car repoed because he didn't pay his debts. By the way, he made a mistake, uh, should have paid the debts. But now this guy starts talking trash, talks trash to Letty, which, you know, he shouldn't have done um, because Dom's literally right there. Um, and Dom's like, all right, well, race for it. And he points to his Impala and he goes, I'll, I'll race you. And he goes, obviously, you know, it's not what's under the hood. It's the driver. And the guy has the correct response. The only person with the correct response to that. When someone says something dumb, you say, oh, yeah, well, you drive the car that's getting <laughs> repoed. And I'm like, thank you, dude. That's yeah. what you're supposed and to so- do. And apparently it's the slowest <laughs> car on the island. And so Dom. <laughs> and so, yeah, Dom is like, it's not about the car. It's about who's driving it. And then he goes and yeah, completely modifies the car, apart, the car. Hooks up nitrous. Uh, and the car blows up yeah also hold on not just hooks up nitrous removes the entire shell of the car so like the whole premise is like he wants to make it as light as possible but he he literally just destroys the car he didn't take the doors off he didn't take the seats out i'm just like he said said, to though he he did say take the seats out it just didn't get done (laughs) here's a lot of stuff he told this guy to do Left the bumpers on. I'm like, did you not? This guy's about like this. This guy is trying to save you, and you're not listening to what he's saying. Uh, yeah. So he drives this car. He, uh, the engine gets too hot. It catches on fire. He uses nitrous, and it blows up. And he uses the explosion of the car to propel him forward. And he drives it backwards, to beat the guy in a race because you cool, have to win fun. in a spectacular fashion. Yeah. And then he wins the race, but he can't stop the car. The car gets thrown into the water of Cuba. Whatever. And then the guy says, "Oh my gosh, here's my keys." He goes, "And you have my respect, right?" And he goes, "Keep your car." I want you. Your respect is all I wanted. Your respect is what matters. And I said, kill yourself. Cause. But the thing about that is then he then gives his Impala to his cousin. And I'm like, Hey Dom, now you yeah, don't whatever. have a car. Also in that driving sequence, they introduce motorcycles for like the first time in the series. There's like a couple other times that they introduce yeah, motorcycles. I did want to say, but they need to be in here more. Motorcycles are awesome. Well, yeah, and in the they next are. movie, dude. And they Motorcycles are. are everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but I do want to say the cool... I wanted to say one cool thing about the race is I think something that I find really interesting about street racing 
are the volunteers that, that go well and done. block that needs off to be the done traffic. In every movie before. And ha- yeah, and having the motorcycle and having the the motorcyclists like basically stop traffic in real time Dude, with the like, race wait, was super why cool. You guys been doing this I like that a Has lot. everyone's life just been in danger prior to this? Yeah, so I, I I thought that was really cool. Then we meet Charlize Theron. He like he Vin Diesel is like walking back with groceries or whatever, and he sees this woman working on her car. They can't get it to start, and he's like, "Uh, sounds like you're not getting enough fuel intake or whatever." And he goes over to help her. Surprise! It's Charlize Theron. Uh, he she apparently is holding something very important hostage, uh, important to Vin Diesel, and she's like you're basically under my control now and I'm going to have you like betray your family and like yeah, basically destroy everything you care about. And, and then we have and a and smash we, cut and now we have the Dwayne Johnson the uh, coaching a young girl's soccer team. Which was awesome. I want to say I, it was super corny and cheesy, but him leading a Samoan chant to intimidate the other soccer team, yeah. I thought Haka's was both adorable cool. and hilarious. I love it. Um, after that, get rid of everything else. I hated it so much. Oh my gosh. I It's cheesy. Actually, keep it. Just know that I didn't want to watch this movie. And I saw this movie in theaters, bro. <laughs> and so, after that little chant, um, Dwayne Johnson is on the sidelines. He's, ch- he's coaching the soccer team from the sidelines. I said little chant. That's that's diminutive of what it was. But he's on the sidelines. He's coaching the team. And then a CIA guy walks up and he's like, hey, here's an assignment. And this scene goes on for like we talk five about, or ten like, minutes. The mom's going where... there just to watch Dwayne. We talk about I'm here to support my daughter. Don't pull me away. This is one thing that matters because the world's in danger. He goes, yeah, well, my daughter's my world. Yada, yada, yada. And he goes, if you don't start cheering for my girl right now, I'll freaking put my boot so far up your butt you know typical rock stuff this whole thing very cheesy very unnecessary and i did not like it it's all to say that they need him to go pick right. up of course you know a yeah. device a machine because, whatever you know the world's at stake and of course that the, and he says you're gonna need a team and dwayne johnson's like i already have a team and we're introduced back to the racing gang they go, oh, by they the way, take the this machine, machine with relative so every, every get- movie from now on, the world's in danger, and they just going to introduce new things. So the first thing is God's eye, you can find anybody. This thing is an EMP, shuts everything that runs in electronics down within like a two mile radius. And they need, it got stolen, they need to go steal it back. And they steal it with pretty much Except ease. I don't remember the ball. scene being very that interesting or important. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a scene where. Tej programs a wrecking ball to take out like 15 cars. It was super cool. Um, Because getting the EMP is not important. The important thing is that the uh, Dom and Hobbs are driving side by side and Hobbs has the EMP in his car. Dom swerves, hits uh, hits Hobbs' car, gets him off the road. The car tumbles, goes on its hood, and uh dom takes the emp puts it in his car and drives off and then hobbs is like i've seen that look before i saw it in his eyes and i've seen it before just went rogue dom's gone rogue yeah and so now it's hobbs and the crew trying to track down uh charlie's theron and dom to basically stop them from using the emp and having nukes and whatever and guess what 
Yeah. Mr. Nobody's so, back. A couple things. We all knew Don was going to be a bad guy because he never wears black. Um, and he wears black this entire movie to signify that he's the bad guy. Because um, this movie, Dom can only wear three or four different clothes. So they're like, well, he can't be wearing a white wife beater and he can't be wearing a white tight shirt. So make him wear a black wife beater and a black tight shirt. And like, that's how we know he's a bad guy. Again, I can only imagine how cushy oh, the costume design guy. job they is for this guy. franchise. Um, the whole <laughs> sequence is a Dodge Demon commercial, which I love those cars so much. We get introduced to Mr. Nobody and we get Scott Eastwood introduced into the franchise because we need more celebrities and especially handsome ones. There's a little bit of a sequence where like because them getting the EMP was an off the books mission uh, and uh, Hobbs was the only one that got wrecked. He's the one that got arrested for it. And so he gets taken to the same prison. Yeah, that that me Deckard off. Shaw is so he gets in. Taken to the same prison they, with Deckard Shaw. Because this is for like they the have, bad of the baddies. When the last movie ended, we saw that um, we did the little Hulk smash. Right. Deckard Shaw got buried in rubble. And then as a closing credits, you saw Hobbs deliver him to like literally like super, super duper max prison. And he goes, you're like 33 to concrete, a bunch of guns pointing at him through the walls, like legitimate, like Lex Luthor level, like prison, Joker level prison. Like this is no way this guy's getting out. Then in this movie, he, the rock is literally across the hallway from him. Yeah, hey, did you guys ever watch Deadpool 2? And you know that scene where, like, Deadpool first meets that kid with the fire powers, and they're in that prison? I'm, like, yeah, 80% probably. sure it's and the then same these cut. guys <laughs> are doing this whole, like, prison. Deckard Shaw was in Super Duma Max. Um, now he's in Genuine Gen Pop for some reason. The prison sequence is Hobbs is literally too strong. He's too strong because they're getting broken out of prison right now. Um they can't really tell you why until afterwards you find out Mr. Nobody broke him out. Um, and Shaw is super into parkour somehow because he's doing some crazy like jumping off rails, sliding between people. Slide, it was nuts. Um, and then Mr. Nobody's like, you guys need to work together because the EMP was stolen and we need to make this work. Yeah, so now instead of Dom being on the team, they basically replaced Dom it, with Shaw for this movie. Dude, we watched all these movies. They need, yeah, they needed another bald they needed guy. They needed another bald British, guy. Which means we're going to attract a new audience. I am always going to be mad with Shaw. He killed Han. And literally, we yeah. have, we're one movie removed from that. And now everybody's cool with him. Like, yeah. they're like, oh, we don't like this guy. I'm like, he killed your best friend. I have he went this to his note. funeral last movie. What up? I have this note for Hobbs and Shaw, but we can bring it up here. Everyone forgets real fast that Dude, Shaw is a terrorist. He killed Han. I think this every movie, and this is the, this movie is like, in my head, we went to Han's funeral essentially two years ago. Maybe a year ago. And now we're forced to work yeah. together. We can't have this, like, we're rivals banter. We need to have the we're enemies, I will kill you banter. And everyone, the entire Dom team is just like, we don't like this guy. I'm like, yeah, well, he killed your best friend. 
So you better be way more than disappointed. And that made me so mad. And he's going to continue in this franchise. And everyone just completely forgot about this guy. Um, I want to say a note. Uh, I feel like I did not take as many plot related notes. So forgive me if this yeah. is kind of out of order chronologically. But I don't like Roman's oh, character I mean, upset anymore. About being like, what do you mean I'm not um, top 10 most wanted? I'm 11. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, he's become too much the mm-hmm. butt of the joke, right? I understand he's supposed to be comedic relief, but my favorite Roman Pierce scene is when he is in Fast Five, when he's, like, trying to smooth talk that police officer, right? Like, for me, that's quintessential Roman Pierce. And there's a little bit of it in the last movie during the party scene, like we talked about. But, like, to me, that's what Roman's character is supposed to be. And instead, he's just like, yeah, he went from like time. super like clandestine, like blend in anywhere, like essentially a spy level of blending in charismatic guy. So now he's yeah. comic relief and he's a good driver, but I'm like, it's kind of unnecessary, but whatever. Um, What other some stuff more? They talk about using God's eye to find Cypher and Dom, but um, apparently God's eye. Yeah. Cypher and, and Charlie Sarah for what it's worth. Super early because we can't have the last movie making this movie easier. And then. I don't know. Basically, the next important thing that oh. happens is we find out what well, they fixed Dom's kind of God's motivation eye. is. Right. Temporarily. And then you find out Dom and Cypher are in your building. Have there's a little bit of hacker oh, talk. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then they go in and steal God's eye. So now the good guys don't have it again. And during basically they do this big fight scene. They steal God's eye. And uh, Dom is like looking at Letty. Letty's on the ground. Charlize Theron like walks up to Dom, just makes out right. with him super duper hard. And then looks at Letty and walks away. And so... And that makes Letty so confused. Like, why would Dom do this? Like, I don't understand. This isn't Dom. This isn't who he is. Yeah. And then um, we whatever. get back to the plane. You know? And then, that, like you said, this is when we find out why Dom has been doing what he's doing. Because Elena is back. She's no longer working with Hobbs. Because she got kidnapped. And guess what? She has like a... Here's the thing. That kid, in real life is a year and a half old (laughs) in this movie he's 12 pounds which means he's six (laughs) weeks old yeah that like the the timeline for that does not make sense because there's no way because she says that she found out that she was pregnant the day or the night before they found out was was alive again which let's remember which let's remember was two was two movies ago which is as far as this timeline is concerned right. like four or five years right yeah, dude and this baby Wait a second. is Hold still up, a baby so this is when we thought letty was dead right that was yes when han was still alive han died yeah in 2003 <laughs> this kid is our age. 
You can't. Yeah, I just realized so, this. This timeline this is ba- whack, dude. Th- <laughs> <laughs> there is no correct answer to how old. Actually, this there are only correct answers to how old that child old, is. <laughs> and he pretty much cheated on Letty. Or 18 months old. He's 18. <laughs> or, guess what? He's the same um, age yeah. as Sean was in Tokyo Drift. And uh, and let's not forget, let's not forget, like you brought up, you bringing this up in the last discussion, hey, if Elena is working for Hobbs again, her having a kid Good. is kind None of important. Of it makes sense. And uh, apparently, <laughs> here's the thing, we, d- we, we know this, it happened in the last movie, if you don't have a plot point, introduce a baby, and they do it in this, and now Dom's got a kid, which is going to be pretty confusing, because now he's kind of double dipping with Elena... And Letty, but, you know, Letty was dead, kind of. And with the Elena reveal, I was so far removed from the concept of Elena that when they turned on the light in that room and Elena was in there, I'm like, oh, why do we care? Dude, there are people who, I guarantee you, there are people who watch this movie who are like, who is this chick? Yeah, it was to the point, I should rephrase, it wasn't so much why do we care, it was... Why is she so important that he betrays the entire gang for this one person without right. and it's, a you, sense and then you of find letting out them because in? Because he has a son who's uh, ageless. And then he says the line, the problem with putting a foot on a tiger's neck is you can never let up. And I say, that's a great line when you're not talking about yourself. Say, uh, I, I forget. Okay, I this is the only one that I didn't watch with subtitles because they were off on how I bought it. The way he said it, it sounded like you can't take no, your foot off your target's neck. He's, he's calling himself a tiger. Did he say ti- so gross? That's so much so worse. disgusting. And then okay, that the line the line made more sense when he said you can't take your neck off your or you can't take your foot off your target's neck. That makes more sense. Now he's calling himself a tiger. Man, he, he's one of those guys that walks into a tattoo shop for the first time with, like, an image stolen off the internet of a tiger, like, ripping through your chest and the tiger's all, like, neon blue I and stuff. I just hate people That's who are just like, Dom I'm a lion. I lead my pride. I operate with leadership. I'm an alpha. I'm like, you can't call yourself those things. You... I'm not, I'm not even going to bother bleeping myself. Just... So, you idiot. What are you doing? Come on. Get off the testosterone. Um, you have a so, dad bod. Chill out. So now that we know what Dom is fighting for, this is kind of where we start to see Dom work inside right. to get, get himself to out. Helen Mirren. Um, th- Another oh celebrity gets brought in. Dude. Who oh my knows God. how much she was getting paid? And so, yeah, there's a scene where, like, he basically, because they have God's eye, basically they can look at every camera on the planet. And Dom does this little trick where he's hidden by, like, a supply truck or whatever for long enough for where he can have this conversation with Helen Mirren, who we find out is Shaw's mom. Um, and I, And again, hey, we're introduced to another British character. Let's make sure they are as annoying as possible. It's like, you have until I finish my cuppa. And then you're done. And I'm like, shut yeah. up. And shut basically up. what you find out, Stop like, it. he's meeting with Helen Mirren. 
that he's like, hey, here's my situation. They have my son. If I, I'm working with, you know, one of your sons, I will help you out. I will help you break Owen out if you save my son. So he ends up helping them break Owen out. And then in the sidelines, you know, the brothers are coming, coming to save his son. But you don't find that out till way later. In the meantime, he's got to chase nuclear launch codes by himself in his signature charger. And the entire team is chasing oh. him. Is this the scene this where the they start hacking cars? cars? Okay. The zombie cars. So, yeah, basically they use this tech. To, like, if your car has a computer in it, they hacked it and right. started self-driving these cars. Um, and I thought, like, it, it was a typical scene for Fast and Furious, pretty much. However, there was a very cool shot where, like, I forget who it is, but I think it's like Dom rounds a corner and then 70 ghost yeah. cars round a corner behind him. Yeah, and I'm Cypher like, also right, says make that's it kind rain. Of a cool shot. And I they like, start driving off of like yeah. a stacked um, parking building and just driving out the window, just raining cars on people. Yeah. So that was a really cool sequence. Like as far like this, that's probably the um, best driving sequence in this movie. Basically, they get their hands on the launch codes, right? Um, Dom's got them, um, which is important because you can't let a guy go when has, you know, launch codes and also rogue you can't have those be the same person. And the team hasn't cornered and they harpoon his car <laughs> seven different ways. And then, and yep. then yeah. Roman Ortez goes, we can't hold him. He's got like 2000 horsepower in that thing. And then the rock says, Oh my, it's 3, Roman. So it goes. So it's Roman. So it's Roman then Tej. It's, then I think it's Shaw, no. It's Roman think, or Tej. I can't order. remember. I, let's say Tej. Then it's the Rock who goes. Try it's 3, Roman 000. then Tej. He's in the tank, it, by the way. Like huge SUV yeah. armored, and then Shaw goes probably five thousand, and I'm like five thousand. Is he driving? A dude, that is like a jet. Uh, that is a tank. That is literally a tank. He's in a charger. You can make the, you could probably in real life fifteen hundred horsepower, maybe seventeen hundred with um, nitrous. He's hooked up to the best of the best cars and pulled sideways. He's not getting out, but of course he's dumb, and obviously he gets out. Yeah, because the thing is, they are pulling with so much tension. He doesn't have any give to build up right. momentum in any direction. That's it was it was the thing like they literally gave him no leeway. So they yeah, so the just movie just gave out. him leeway. Um, so he steals it. He ends up driving away. Whatever. And now we're right. entering the third act of the movie. Pretty much, and it all takes place in I think Siberia, so. Russia. I'm pretty Siberia, sure, right? Siberia, Slovakia yeah. areas. Yeah, cold Russia. And so, let me just put it this way: if you've ever played the campaign for Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Two, take those snow levels from that yeah. game. So, That's what the happens end of this is, movie. Um, Dom hesitated. He could have killed one of his teammates. Um, 
Well, here's the thing. Letty had the nuclear codes and Dom wasn't going to shoot her. So a guy named, I think his name is what, Parker or something. What's her sidekick's name? Cypher's sidekick. It's whatever. It's just uh, a dude with red hair. Oh, no, his name is Rhodes. And Rhodes steps in, takes the nuclear coach yeah, from Letty, yeah. and Diesel doesn't kill her. And then they get back to the plane, and Cypher goes, you should have taken her out. And he goes, it was unnecessary. I got the codes. And he goes, no, Rhodes got the codes. And then she proceeds to put a bullet in Elena's head. And that's when I realized, wait a second, let me do my math. We were over on our woman quota because we had um, <laughs> Cypher. We had uh, Letty. Ramsey's. We had Elena. And we had um, Ramsey. That's four. Ramsey's. That's not allowed. We need to get back down to three. <laughs> so they took out Elena, bullet in the head. Obviously, they didn't show it's Peach 13. And now we're back to our regular. We're down to our three. And yeah. all was right with the world. Yeah. Yeah, they like, brought Elena back. back just to she kill was in her. Five minutes of the earlier movie, she was working for Hobbs. We're not going to explain exactly explain how we got her. Uh, most people didn't know who she was, anyways. Offer get down to our quota. Can't have too many women. China won't take us. Um, so then, obviously, <laughs> Eastwood, um, Scott Eastwood, had freak his character. It's like all bets are off. They have the nuclear codes now. The whole team can drive whatever car they want. Of course, Roman picks a Lamborghini and they go to Siberia or wherever. Bunch of hacking sequences because, yeah. Uh, I did write a note for this one. I have never watched a hack. So there's a scene where Ramsey and yeah. Cypher did, are basically I, doing like I a hack about this off. Too. This pissed like, me off. Because what they're doing is they're vying for control over um, the submarine. Because the submarine has the nukes. The submarine, so they, yeah. At the very least, you don't have to control the submarine, but you need to make sure you disable the nukes. So they're fighting for nuclear power right now. Yeah. And all of this is like while Tej and Roman are inside the sub trying to like disable it from the inside or whatever. Um, and they're doing this hacker duel. And I've I have in no movie or TV show have I watched a hacker duel that was cool or interesting. Dude. It's a, it's always she's locking me out of the subroutine. Hold on. Oh, she's good. Dude, I wrote down oh what they God. said. I was so. I didn't upset. know you could do and by that. By the way, it wasn't a hacking contest. It was who can type the fastest. It was who can type the fastest, and it starts with yeah. them talking through each other's computer. They can't obviously. They're one of them still in a plane, hacking remotely, and the other person's like a yeah. mile away. Like she's close, and one goes, "She's slick." But you're going to have to do better than that. And the other person goes, now you're really starting to piss me off. And the other person goes, she's smart, but not smart enough. And I said, both of you grab the closest gun and put it in your brain. That dude, I was like, she can't hear you. Shut up. It's not a type. It's also not a typing contest. It's like, it, dude, it was so disgusting. And then obviously the nuke goes on a countdown because yeah, everything not good. in these it was not goes good. on a countdown. And we needed to know how much time we have left. Now, do you want to talk about the 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 chase to shut the gate on the submarine? Because then you find out we disabled the nukes, but we can always enable them later. So we need to at least get the nuke out of the bay. None of this makes sense, by the way. Most people are not. Uh, this, no one's talking. listening. Yeah. <laughs> we are so deep in the podcast. Nobody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and so and so basically after the nuke gets like what are they like Ramsey or not Ramsey, Cypher is basically like she wants to hide the submarine right. so they can come back to it later, right? She wants to submerge it to the well, point where like radar can't bay, detect right now it or it's in the bay. If and we get it out of the bay, we'll yeah. just enable the nukes later. But we need to get the nuke out of there. And then they're and Ramsey's like, we'll shut the gates and make sure the sub can't leave. In the meantime, bad guys are chasing them. And the gate is 10 miles away. They they make a very clear point to be like, the gate is yes. 10 miles away. Um, and then they're all driving over ice to like race the submarine and the gate and whatever. There's kind of a cool sequence during that during that get to the gate part where um, some of the ice breaks. And because Roman is driving a Lamborghini instead of a tactical t- car, uh, he falls into the ice and it's Tej. Te- it's either te- is it Tej or Hobbs? Yeah. Tej launches the same like basically grappling hook that they use on Dom and he's like, hold on to your door, hold on to your door. And the Lamborghini submerges under the water and Tej basically yanks the car door right off with Roman on it. And he's and so now Roman's basically sledding behind Tej with like fifteen and, yeah. mercenary cars behind him, all and then unloading. The rock pulls over. He gets in the rock's armored car, and then uh, yeah, that happens. It was crazy. Um, and then all the while, all the while, let's be clear: Owen and Deckard Shaw are on the plane that Cipher is on to, right. rescue, to rescue the Dom's kid, kid. because. Dom can't help them out until his kid is safe because obviously they'll just kill the kid. So as soon as Decker's like, hey, Dom, all 12 pounds of this package is secured, which doesn't make any sense. because That would be a six week old baby. Um, and we know this kid is 17. <laughs> um, then Dom <laughs> fights Rhodes, completely murks the guy. And then he's like, I'm going to come in and help my team and single handedly saves everybody's life. Yeah, I want to say the scene with Deckard was very cool. I thought it was very cute watching him put the head It was putting watching him put the headphones on and and like, like, you're good. okay, and like literally baby in this baby, a very paternal side of him comes out. And then he just mercs like basically Air Force One type crew members. It was while protecting a very baby. cool and one i'm like first of, i think of all, yeah my, one of the best sequences if not the best sequence in this entire movie yeah um and then yeah dom saves once the baby is secure dom goes in and he starts helping yeah, everybody of course he's driving his charger cool because he's always driving his charger he um does a couple cool things one he goes and takes out a missile truck and by crashing into it, the guy's elbow slips and the entire missile truck unloads and yeah. shoots their own guys <laughs> because Dom hit them and his elbow slipped. So yeah. once he takes out all those trucks, then they're like, surface the sub. The sub's got rockets. We'll shoot him with the sub. So the sub breaks through the ice. And that's when I realized, oh, yeah, this movie doesn't matter anymore. And we're saving the world. Um, then they shoot a heat seeking <laughs> rocket. Cypher goes, shoot this heat-seeking rocket. And then Hobbs goes, oh my gosh, that's a heat-seeking rocket. And then that rocket chases the charger. Everyone else breaks off because the charger has a flame spinning out the back. And through a bunch of elaborate driving, um, he gets the missile to turn around and hit the sub and take out the sub. 
which triggers all the explosions within the explosion sub that pretty much but, happens underwater but oh and he destroys the charger so now he's just a guy out in the ice yeah so, yeah so he um because he do, he basically jumps the submarine nicks the car on the submarine like the tire the back fender or whatever but because he's so close to the explosion when it happens either the charger gets destroyed or launched forward or whatever the fact of the matter is this we are this is the third movie in a row in a row where we're pretty sure dom is dead because of a fire explosion and the team comes out of nowhere surrounds them with their cars apparently saves them from nuclear fallout and a nuclear explosion that happens partially underwater and he just walks away by the way no scratches no blood no nothing no concussions he's totally fine yeah yeah, so basically, yeah, so what ha- yeah, he's alone on the on the ice and they literally form like a like a right. car barrier from the explosion. Um which first of all, maybe listen, I am not a thermophysicist. How um, did that not melt okay, the ice? It might have been hard to melt it instantly. That's very hard to do turning it into instantly into water, instantly into gas. Um very dumb. Also, uh, the car is protecting Which is them. fair, which is fair. There's However, like which... a foot of clearance, two feet of clearance underneath them. Nothing happened. This guy's fine. His, by the way, no marks on him at all. None. And then, and then we cut back to the airplane, right? Because we need to find out what Deckard's going to do with Cypher. We got to kill her or at least bring her in, but probably kill her, right? And then Cypher goes, how did you find us? And then we realize that just when you thought we were going to have a movie without any trackers... Dom turned his cross necklace into a tracker. <laughs> and then Cypher gets yeah. away. So obviously this this franchise doesn't let anyone get away for free. You're going to have to come back for more movies. Um, so she gets away and then Deckard commandeers the flight and lands them. Essentially gets the pilots, like puts a gun to the head. They land. Baby is saved. Roll and credits. Final scene. Yeah, so the final scene for this movie takes place like <laughs> on top of an apartment building, yeah. like how I also, met your mother's style. City. Their um, house is in LA. I know it got blown up, so, but now we're in New York. Yeah, and so they do like their they do like their whole barbecue thing, but now it's on the roof of an apartment building, and also Mister Nobody is there. I guess he just invited himself yeah. to dinner. We're gonna hit on Ramsey <laughs> um, a little bit more. Nothing. Yeah, we finally get like a little bit of a resolution for that like Tej v Roman like love battle, love triangle where where Ramsey is like, I like both of you. Like basically, I would be content with dating either of you. And uh, she's like, All right, so um, what's my last name? And neither of them are able to answer. And so she's like. The first one who can tell me what my last name is will be the one yeah. that I'll be with. Obviously, male and, writers. Obviously. Uh, I guess that's oh, that resolution. Here's the trick. We don't have the same writers as last time. Last time was Chris Morgan and Gary Scott Thompson. Now it's just Gary Scott Thompson. Oh, wait a second. Oh. They just switched places. Gary Scott Thompson is number one <laughs> head writer. Chris Morgan also co-wrote this. So, of course, misogyny. And then... Um, the baby, Dom's kid, meets Letty. Hey, okay, real quick, real quick. Before, So, there's this whole thing where Elena was like, 
Uh, I haven't named the baby because I think that, like, the baby's father should, or, like, the baby shouldn't be named yep. until he meets his father or mm-hmm. something like that. Something to that effect. And so the baby is not named throughout the entire movie, and it's not named until this final scene. Audience, I'm going to give you five seconds to think about this. Think about this entire franchise and where we've come. What do you think that Dom decided to name this baby? I was about to You're say, right, it was Brian. Put mine first. Duh, You're right, obviously. it was Han. <laughs> it, dude, it was whack obviously i mean yeah. not, i wouldn't say whack it was obvious um and then now yeah at this final notes for this movie now we're solidified with the shaws now the whole family's in on it now decker's into yeah. it he saved dom's son so now we're totally cool with the fact that you know they were pretty much responsible for letty losing her memories and we're also completely responsible for Han dying. But now we're cool. And then we're just going to have to be okay with that for the rest of the franchise because they're going to be in it. And that's just life. Yeah. Um, again, decent action movie. And as far as, like, as far as the action sequences go, there are cool action sequences. Um, it's, this movie tries... They just up the ante. And I know that this is the meme this is what this series is known for is just up in the, they've upped the ante so high. They just don't know how to get any higher, but like, right. And it's evident and it's evident. So I'm giving this six and a quarter. Uh, this is my least favorite is what I'm gonna give of the it. entire franchise. It's pretty bad. Hold on. Time out. Oh, Worse than Tokyo Drift. This is my second least favorite. You gave this is you gave my second Tokyo Drift a four and a half because Tokyo Drift was a dumpster fire. Um, but this is second to only that, and it's a flat five. I hated it, and I saw it. In th- I paid money, dude. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, this is the I only one that theaters, I paid money and I paid to it see again for the so podcast. Yeah, everything else that I've watched was either was either streaming or at my library. This is the only one that I've had to pay for. This one is at my library, but it's been overdue for three weeks now, so it's never coming back. And I'm so upset at that person. Like, hey, because of it you, was, I had to I pay to watch this so movie. Flat five. I can't give it a four and a half, but because Tokyo Drift, but it's a flat five. Garbage dumpster fire movie. I hate it. Okay. Final movie in our marathon, um, Hobbs and Shaw. Dude, wait, pause. Can you this imagine is skipping the, most... the movie part of this podcast yes. and skipping to two hours and ten minutes? <laughs> Into the movie. I'm going to skip ahead two hours and ten minutes to watch the last, to listen to the last 30 minutes of this podcast. <laughs> okay. Hobbs and Shaw is... Bo- it, it doesn't even yeah. pretend to be a car movie anymore. Up until this point, we have had a semblance of these people are car guys at heart. You know, they still like romanticize the idea of driving and sports cars and engines and stuff like that. Hobbs and well, Shaw they, they does, took has the zero of, of that allegiance. Yeah, because it's just The Rock right. and Jason Statham. And because the rest of the drivers aren't in this, they had the money to make as many celebrity cameos as possible, which they did. 
Um, basically, the plot of this movie, if you aren't familiar, there's a virus and they need to find it. Well, they team up there's with a Hobbs virus that gets injected uh, the vi- into Shaw's sister. And they have 48 hours before the capsules dissolve and that virus, which is the fastest spreading virus ever, becomes, becomes contagious, essentially. And the entire world dies that they have picked is like a genetic engineering experiment. So it's going to be a genocide. And so obviously there's steps in this movie, um, there's steps in every movie. So step one, find a yeah. female Shaw. Step two. Yeah. First of all, well, actually first step one, recruit the rock. And how do we recruit the rock? Dude, I, With favorite part Ryan of this movie. Reynolds. Favorite part. Hands down. Yeah, stole absolutely. The show. Absolutely. He's, he's, He's funny in every scene he's in. And like that's the I don't like saying that about actors like Ryan Reynolds because once you hype him up as the funniest man in a movie, that's kind of what you in the expect first from mo- him. Part of the movie and the last part of but the movie he, and nowhere in between. So if you you can't watch this movie for Ryan Reynolds. He no, no he's he is in the middle. He's in the middle because he does that line oh, where he's I think like close this place for me. Um uh I'm in the Yeah. Um so yeah, Ryan Reynolds basically recruits The Rock for, like, another job. His... Oh, and another thing, like, his daughter is, like, working on a family tree assignment, hands it to him, and the only people on the tree is her, The right. Rock, and right. then a but question mark where the like, mom's like, general plot go. of this movie. That's the whole family one, tree. To, I guess you would be recruit Hobbs and Shaw. It's super easy. It's good on the first 20 minutes. So, step one, recruit them. Step two, find Shaw's sister, and... Which is also first 20 minutes of the movie well find the virus and then find yeah, out like that, that it is that in also happens the first 20 minutes like they they, they 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 move fast then the hard part is get it out of her and also take care of the bad guy so very str- very straightforward movie um the bad guy is yeah. just trying and to they get they the have virus to do all this while being yeah, hunted by Idris Elba. Elba. and he's trying to get the virus out of her so they can program it to kill the right amount of people i don't that part was confusing why are they trying to why do they i guess they're trying to stop well they wanted to kill because because idris elba died before he got reprogrammed right because shaw killed like put two in his chest one in his head right and then he got reprogrammed. So I think they want to kill everyone. I don't think so. So they can reprogram. I, I, that, Probably I don't not. think so. I think those things, like, they, I think they say, I, I got a new soul because this is like his second chance of life. I don't think they reprogrammed him. I think he was a normal guy before. Yeah. They well, put they a gave bunch him patience in his head and all that stuff, made him a superhero, essentially. Um, I think they're trying to get her because they know they're going to try and take it. Uh, no, because they try to take it out of her. Why? Yeah, they no, successfully saying, take like, the it out of her. The bad guys capture her, and they want to take it out of her. Why? Because if they don't, she's dead, right? And the whole world's hey, gonna die. So this is an action movie. Let's just remember, hey, audience, remember this was an action movie, and at I no really point did I care about the plot. plot. It doesn't uh, make sense. But essentially, a genetically engineered uh, bad guy like, is trying to get at elena and kill everybody else and we don't really know why but whatever but it's also guess what written by chris Um, morgan so standards are low 
<laughs> Anyways, want to start from the top? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't have as many notes for this movie because the thing is, this movie is a very action oriented. Like, there's maybe ten minutes of dialogue at most okay. between each action scene. So the only things that I, most of the things I'll that I have in, are about the order, and scenes. you can kind of just like, like interrupt with things that you have notes on. So the opening scene yeah, is, sure. um, I say opening motorcycle because that's when Idris Alba shows up with his dope motorcycle. There's like a whole like CIA MI, it's MI6 shootout. And then Shaw's sister gets framed for killing all these people and she becomes a fugitive. And we get introduced to Idris Alba, who can see punches before they happen, can see when people are about to pull a trigger. He moves faster. He's got genetic engineered everything, spine, muscles, everything, crazy strong. And he just puts the beat down on everybody. Then there's a Hobbs and Shaw split screen sequence where you can see the different lives of them. One living in California, super American, working out, drives a motorcycle, wears denim. And the other person wakes up has coffee, makes himself an omelet when The Rock drinks his. Instead, goes to the gym, goes, reads the newspaper, gets some coffee, drives a McLaren, not a Harley. Um, Super, like, charming, charismatic, and the other one's, like, work hard, America, stuff like that. Very cool. I would take Shaw's life in a heartbeat, though. I'm not, I'm not that American. I said, who made it finally into this movie? Mick... My notes don't make any sense. What does this say? They talk. Yeah, they make whatever. The I don't know what this references. is. Anyways, so so mm-hmm. Vanessa Kirby is in this movie. Kevin Hart is in Ryan this Reynolds movie. Ryan Reynolds is in this movie. Um, it just Alba becomes a main character. They 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 really poured out the money. Oh, the I forget her name, but the girl who played Darlene in Baby oh, Driver man. is in this movie. Oh. Uh, uh, Isa she, yeah, she's Gonzalez. Margarita. Um, or AKA yeah, Margarita. Yeah. For some reason, she gets called Margarita. All right. So the Logic song after the sequence is very cool, whatever, whatever. So the Shaws keep introducing family members because the first was just Owen. Then we get to meet um, Deckard. And then we get to meet their mom. Deckard. And now we find out they have a sister, Hattie. So don't be surprised if we get introduced to more. Um, then we get introduced to Ryan Reynolds, who plays himself in this movie, and he's hilarious. And we all fall in love with him. My favorite sequence in this movie is when the, they're um, they have Elena in the room, right? Rock is uh, Hattie. I said Elena. Hattie. All right. So when Hattie's in the room with Hobbs, they're doing uh, interrogation, obviously flirting. Then Deckard comes in, right? And then he interrupts. And then the whole building gets busted into. By the way, this is the CIA. And people just busted in. Yeah. And then now. Also, yeah, a CIA a black site, I'm pretty that sure. No one should know about. Then they steal <laughs> Homegirl over here, rappel down a building. Rock just grips the rope, doesn't tear up his hands or anything, rides down, takes everybody out. The other guy. Sh- Another fall that he should have died doing. Stories and stories. Uh, Shaw takes an elevator down. You know, typical dichotomy. And then they're driving away in a McLaren. Because now they're going to get chased by a guy on a motorcycle. In this driving sequence, there is a double semi they have to drive under. 
and he drifts it perfectly underneath him. And then Idris Elba, a.k.a. Brixton, lays down, holds the back of his motorcycle, and slides underneath them. And that was the... And then launches himself back up onto the the motorcycle. I have seen in this entire franchise. Yeah, pretty cool. So, I just want to say, in terms of, like, the... (sighs) This, the main dynamic you get from this movie is the constant banter yes. between Hobbs and Shaw. They are always insulting each other. They're always quipping during fights. There's they they're always fighting over the last word. Like that's the whole the, the joke of this movie is right. that they can never get over each other. And there are and the thing about this movie is there are parts where it's funny yeah, and it's there are parts weird. where it's annoying. They get to a safe house. There's more banter about – it's just banter. I'm just going to say banter. I'm not going to talk about specific lines. It's all banter, right? Yeah, none I, of the I jokes were funny enough for me to write just, down. I'm just going to say banter and just skip over it. Um, we find out Etienne controls everything, controls the media. So now there's fake news out that you know Hobbs and Shaw now have to become fugitives. Um, I've – which is like the fourth right. time for Hobbs. Now we track but down. I guess, we have to whatever. track down the scientist because there's only one in the world, obviously, um, that can take out the virus safely from Hattie. Right. So out of Hattie, we're gonna have out to go Hattie. undercover and fly there. And while on a commercial flight undercover, we meet Kevin Hart, who is the air marshal. If you love Kevin Hart, you will love this part of the movie. Yeah. If you don't like Kevin Hart. Yikes. It's stereo It is stereotypical rock and right. heart. There's almost Sean's just banter. watching two friends have fun at this point. Um, so yeah, we meet the air marshal, he gives us his card that obviously foreshadowing is gonna come up later. Thanks, Kevin Hart. We appreciate it. So then we land in I couldn't tell you where, because I wasn't paying attention. Um, wherever this scientist is located. And Shaw has a contact on the ground, aka Margarita, aka Madam M. And they just make out because, because. Yeah. And like the rock and they make out and the rock says, I would have paid anything to not have seen that. And Hattie's like, yeah, right. me too. And then they find out, the all right, we're going to have to break into the base because there's only one place where we can have, you know, because they've, they've talked to the scientists, right? We're going to talk to the scientists, yada, yada, yada. Scientist says there's only one place on this world, right? Where you can get this stuff taken out. And then the professor gets captured because he's the only person that can take this stuff out by the bad guys. And the bad guys are like, we want this stuff out of her too. So when they, br- and then they get tortured, he gets tortured trying to find out what their plan was. Then they break into the base. I'm saying this monotonously because it's useless plot. You're here for the banter. You're here for the action. It doesn't matter. And then yeah. they break into the base. There's a, b- a fighting sequence banter because Shaw has to fight a lot more people. Um, and then they get captured on the way to the base to get Elena's, uh, virus removed. Hattie. Why? Whatever. Hattie. There's, there's only three girls and I can't remember their name. Um, <laughs> Hattie's virus removed. Hattie gets captured first. Then they get captured. Then Hattie breaks out and then she breaks them out while they're getting electrocuted. Batter, batter, batter. Can we just skip to the next important part? Do you have... Do, do you ha- 
Do you have any notes um, before I'm we just get trying to, to catch Samoa? Everybody out, Cause the Samoa part is the last 40 minutes of the movie. I'm talking about an hour and a half of content. Yeah. So basically yeah, so then they all, then yeah. the whole base gets blown up <laughs> I, with a I, hydrogen bomb. Everybody gets away safely. All the good guys that is get away safely. Then we realize we have like 24 hours till this girl dies because it's only been, you know, whatever. Until she dies. And there's only one place where we can go where she'll be safe. And there's a guy who is totally qualified to fix medical equipment and have this stuff taken out. And that is in Samoa. And that person happens to be the Rock's brother who he hasn't talked to in 25 years. And then the last 30 minutes of the movie happens, which is pretty important. Yeah. Yeah. So I this movie is pretty generic until we get to Samoa. Uh, in general, I thought the entire Samoa sequence was it, it's the most creative this franchise has been in a in a while, like probably since Fast Five. I, I just think that going to Samoa like allowed for something different to happen, right? And they set up the scenario because they know that Shaw is going to become or not Shaw, um, Idris Elba is going to be coming for them on the island and they're like all right we need to set up defenses while um while jonah is working on the medical equipment and while the virus is being extracted out of hattie and so but the only problem is they don't have guns because their mom got rid of them because she didn't like having guns on the island and so basically what they have to do is they hack the guns that they yeah because uh, etion you have etion to have you have to have like and, they have to recognize your handprint so if you're not shoot it basically prevents people from taking your gun yeah and they, they were able to take a glove so now they can hack the guns for six minutes and they spend and they spend time like basically setting up for the island for basically rudimentary defenses so they can fight them and, and with clubs and hand to hand. Yeah. And and I just thought it was a really cool sequence because, you know, this movie has never re- it, it's never reduced itself before. It's only gotten higher and higher. And the fact that they decided, all right, let's take a step back and limit ourselves was yeah. an advantage for this movie. And also, I liked I liked Hobbs's family. I thought that they were interesting characters i liked i really liked the mom character i thought she was cool i thought she was funny had good charisma for this movie um you know the whole backstory is like i turned my dad in because i'm too much of a cop um like and that's why my family hates me whatever i don't care uh but the the entire like the again per fast and furious you know previous the the final it, act yes. is just a 40 minute action and we sequence. can talk i have notes throughout the 40 minutes so feel free to interject there's a mechanic fixing medical equipment and it works yeah they talk about it they yeah, talk about jonah. i'm pretty sure his name is jonah right um they describe jonah as a mechanic and and the rock says there's only one mechanic i know of that can fix this they're like and oh they yeah make sure to use the word mechanic presents throwing mechanics in cars we forgot yeah <laughs> and so yeah this mechanic is fixing this like sub not subatomic but like 
cellular yeah, it was cellular I guess device. We'll it. Then this whole island builds chemistry between Hobbs and Hattie, and they kiss, and it was all inevitable. Whatever. Now the actual, and then there's a montage of them setting up the island. Whatever. Now the action starts, and the Rock comes out shirtless and with a what can be described as a tapestry wrapped around his waist and they perform a little bit of a ceremonious thing it's not quite haka it's i don't know some sort of ceremony when the bad guys show up but it was still cool it was still cool um these guys got guns that haven't been disabled yet and you're shirtless bro you're gonna fight people Shirt, wear some sort of armor, dude. You're shirtless, you don't have pants on, whatever. And we get told (laughs) earlier that we can disable their guns for six minutes, which is not a lot of time for ceremonies. Also, they're like, We're gonna hit at dawn in this six minutes. It goes from from dawn to noon, darkness to noon in this six minutes. Hob gets chased by a helicopter, and we can go into the hot rod chain that happens before their guns are back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So basically, before we hot get into the hot rod chain, there I really like that fight sequence where they were all fighting basically with melee weapons. We went from Far Cry 4 to Far Cry Primal real fast. Um I and was just like, it was good. It was fun. I liked six it. But yes. minutes, you guys. Six minutes um so the hot rod chain hobbs and shaw are getting chased on a by a helicopter because uh, yeah well they did it as on purpose per usual because they kidnapped hattie they're like we're taking her and then they're flying away and shaw hops hops in a, a uh, tow truck and hobbs hops on the back grabs the hook, throws it, and attaches it to the helicopter. So now the helicopter's like, we have to get these guys off so we can take Hattie and extract her blood for reasons. This is the... Okay, let's be clear. This is the only scene that my mom has watched for Fast and Furious. She sat down and watched this little bit with me. She said, that's not how that works. Probably about four times during this hot rod line. (laughs) First of all, he threw up a chain and attached himself to a helicopter. Whatever. Then, let me tell you, I've ridden, no, I haven't. I haven't ridden in an Apache. Let me tell you, they're not that strong. They're not lifting up cars. That's a different kind of helicopter. It can't do that. And through the course of this sequence, it lifts up five of them, five of them off the ground, connected. Also, these cars They were obviously planning for it because they all had hooks and they all had nitrous and they call it the moonshine and they did it in a sequence that was obviously rehearsed. How could you have known this was going to happen? And if you were planning on this happening, you planned for everything. Or Hattie was doomed to get kidnapped (laughs) because it was part of the plan. Um, So yeah, there's hitching and there's nitrous and stuff on the trucks and they get lifted up and whatever. And then eventually... It goes back to the singular tow truck, which, uh, by the way, they're not lifting up the ground anymore because it's not relevant to the plot. And they get driven through no man's land where (laughs) all the range rovers are chasing them and they get blown up 
And for some reason, the tow truck doesn't get blown up because he knows where all the mines are and he's going 70 miles per hour and he can dodge all of them. Not relevant. Then the chain breaks and the rock catches the chain, holds the helicopter attached to the chain in one hand and holds the, the truck in the other and keeps them connected and doesn't get ripped in half. And then he pulls them back together and attaches the chain back to the truck. Whatever. Then what happens is hilarity ensues. Helicopter crashes down a cliff. And the truck, they obviously have to go chase after it. So they crash to go save Hattie. And then it's complete darkness out. And there's a storm. Because it's storming. Because it's storming. Well... Well, we did. They did well, say that the, the storm thing. was coming it before. It is only on so that like, part of the island because they cut back to the other part. No rain, no clouds, perfectly fine. And it comes and out. Of it comes nowhere. out of nowhere. It, like there's no. Yeah, they give us the foreshadowing of the storm, but they don't let it lightly rain. It goes they, at the top of the cliff. It's sunny. When they are at the bottom of the cliff, right. it's, a, then it's a monsoon. Hattie, it was just in a plane crash. Uh, all the main characters survived the plane crash, by the, uh, the helicopter crash, by the way. And of co- and, and the machinery, yeah, machinery is still, still working, which is and then, the bigger miracle. Uh, good old Brixton is, pulls up a random soldier and goes, hey, when she finishes her extraction, put a bullet in her head. Super lucky she lived, by the way. And Brixton's like, time for me to lay the beat down on Hobbs and Shaw. Because I'm superhuman. Yeah, and this is the scene where Hobbs and Shaw finally learn to work together because they try, because uh, they try fighting him in their own individual styles and haphazardly and whatnot. And because of that, they're able to like uh, Brixton is able to analyze their movements and fight back, and they're not able to get a hit on him until they finally realize, oh. If one of us takes a punch while the other person is right. punching, and then they literally said the words, "It's time for us to and work so together. We can't do this alone." I'm just like, "Oh, kill yourself." This is my solution, by the way. When I hate something, kill yourself. So, <laughs> so they finally learn to work together. They fight him together. The They're rock fi- suplexes they the crap out of him. The rock does this. Uh, that's exactly yeah, the, the word. That's exactly what I was going to say. Onto a rock and breaks his mechanical spine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then after realizing that Brixton wasn't able to beat these guys, the director of Etion, who's his like, voice has just been in the background telling Brixton like, that he needs to work hard, telling him that he needs to recruit Hobbs and Shaw, just giving him direction, intervenes and says, it's over. And deactivates and, yeah. Brixton. And Brixton sees the decommissioned countdown on his, like, in his eyes. And he's like, oh, so that's how it's going to be, huh? And then he falls over into the cliff, like, past the cliff, onto the rocky shores. Right. And we assume that and he is then dead there. Hattie um, they fends go off her co- soldier. She walks away fine through a helicopter explosion. Kills him. She's fine. They've had the virus extracted within the 48-hour timeline, which is obviously impossible. But although the helicopter has been crashed and exploded, the speakers still work because the director now talks to them. Yeah. And says some things like super ominous, right? Ominous. Like, like, it's like, it's like, uh... You're now on our radar. And Hobbs is like, oh yeah? Well, you're on ours. 
Uh, and then they go back, whatever. Uh, uh, Hobbs's family is now like basically welcomed back into the fold. Um, they've forgiven Shaw Hobbs and um, his sister go to meet their mom at prison and break her out using C4. Um, and th- that's a post credit uh, scene, by the way. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this movie ends very unceremoniously. <laughs> Hobbs's kid meets the family, and Ryan Reynolds gets one last wor- scene in where he calls Hobbs, and he's like, hey, I'm in trouble. I'm bleeding. You need to get blood. Oh, wait, that's not my blood. I stabbed a guy with a brick. Banter, banter, banter. Blah, blah, now, blah. The movie ends. We have watched every yeah, single it's Fast all and Furious banter. movie in the franchise so far. We have watched every single Fast and Furious. <laughs> hey, I don't know why. I don't know why. You saying it like that just now, it literally just dawned on me. We've watched every single Fast and, and Furious movie so out. far. <laughs> and there's another one coming out. Luckily, luckily, we have two weeks. We're recording this early. We have two weeks until that movie comes also, out. We're not doing three so movies I can breathe a, a little bit. And we're also not going to have a three-hour podcast yeah. again. So, so I'm giving Hobbs and Shaw a six and a half out of ten. It's a fun action movie. The banter is not as good as Marvel banter, but it's funny from time to time. I'm giving it a six and a half. No, I can't do it. I was going to get a flat six. I can't do it. I'm going to give it a five and a half. That's fine. Five and a half. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's fair. So, uh-uh. fan theories. I have no takeaways. So I have no takeaways. Okay, yes, yeah, so let's do fan theories first. So, who do you think it is? So here's the thing. What I I was looking through the cast list because there's a lot of big name players in this, and Ryan Reynolds is credited as the Etion director. So I don't know if that means that he just provided the voice for it for this movie, or if he's actually the Etion director and in Hobbs and Shaw 2, like that's going to be the plot twist. Um, cause it didn't Cause sound like Ryan changer, Reynolds. It didn't ominous. sound like anybody. Here's what it was I think. Just, I yeah. think Etion's coming back in Fast 9. Right? I don't know, because there is also oh, a Hobbs and Shaw sequel not. planned, and I kind of feel like Etion okay. is their baby. I just checked. It but, doesn't look like Hobbs and Shaw are in the next one, are in Fast 9. So, never mind. That throws out my theory. It does I thought not? it was going to be Cypher, because she got away okay. in the last movie. I thought it would have been her oh, as the leader of Etienne. Oh, sure, but sure, Hobbs sure, sure. are not going to be in this next one. And John Cena is, because we Cena only <laughs> enlist the help of wrestlers. So, um, yeah. I don't know. I think we can... I I don't know who the voice I don't is. Care. I'm sure I'm be, it I don't might care. be Reynolds or whatever. I don't think they had it figured out when they wrote it. So they're gonna watch Fast Nine. I'm we're gonna have to watch um, Hobbs and Shaw too, so we don't fall behind again. Um, and we'll let you know. Yeah. But <laughs> overall thoughts about the <sighs> series so far, or do you want to okay. do? That? Let's actually let's do that after we watch Fast Nine. F nine. Yeah, I have no takeaway. I am too exhausted to have a takeaway about this whole franchise it's fun that's my that's my overall takeaway is if you let it it can be fun but sometimes if you like cars you're gonna like the first five movies 
If you like action, you're going to like the last five movies. And family's important. Okay. Alex. Two hours, ten minutes, and eleven seconds into this recording. Would you like to welcome back our non-movie listeners? Two hours of a movie segment we just recorded. I don't know (laughs) what we're going to edit it down to. We're stir crazy at this Actually, Craig, can we record We have cabin fever. Or another day. Okay. Yes, of course we can. We absolutely can. All right. So before we get into our improv segment, I've been thinking about this and I I, I did need to bring this up before we move on. If we were a good podcast, we would have we would have taken a little time. We would have sanctioned a little time to watch some sort of LGBTQ movie for Pride Month. We are in we are deep into Pride Month, but we nope. We decided to, to we decided to spotlight the what I would say is yeah the straightest oh, franchise dude, of a, all time. That's that's a very accurate description. Straightest franchise of all time. Most cis franchise of all time. We even had a <laughs> We even had a week at the beginning. We could have watched Moonlight or Brokeback Mountain. Like there's a plethora of movies we could have watched, but we're like, no, we're gonna watch the skulls and then ten more straight yeah, movies. You know, I don't regret it, but it so, is extremely ironic. So, sorry, guys. Maybe next year. (laughs) So, with that being said, let's hop into our improv segment. This week, we are doing uh, one of my favorites, actually, is PR training. This is a segment where we are going to play um, our public relations rep of ourselves. And the other person is going to ask questions. And the uh, the other one has to respond like a PR rep. So Alex, do you want to be your own PR rep or do you want to, do you want to start as the PR Um, rep or do you want to ask me questions? All right. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, good. Yes. Uh, what is your name? It's improv. doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, Archibald. (laughs) Good morning. How are you doing today? Um, I'm doing great. Well, uh, wh- um, what can I do for you all today? You know me, Jason. That's not how Fox conferences News. work. Um, I just wanted to know, is there any, you know, truth to the rumors that Craig might be taking a head anchor position over at my network? Okay. Uh, well, obviously we don't like to discuss deals before they are uh, uh, official, but I think that uh, it's no secret that Craig has discussed that his current position is a little unfulfilling. His current co-anchor, you know, constantly drags him through the mud, uh, constantly belittles him, and Craig feels like he's doing all of the work. So, honestly, d- I wouldn't be surprised if a change like uh, that is coming uh, anytime good. soon. Um, excuse me, um, Tyler, NBC. Uh, we just wanted to get comment on Craig's appearance on this week's Joe Rogan. He said that no one under the age of 25 should wear a mask anymore. Um, this is not a disease for young people. Care to comment? It's direct uh, disagreements with Dr. Fauci, obviously. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think the big thing that people are that people are misinterpreting and misunderstanding is that people think that Craig was talking about the coronavirus, but that's not true. He believes that masks do protect against the COVID nineteen virus. He was talking about syphilis. Uh, uh, Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was trying to say that masks help protect against syphilis. But uh, syphilis, as we all know, is an STI, and therefore a mask does not help. Uh, and in that same sentence, he did say that using protection was the best way Hello, to prevent a disease uh, like that. You know, Jason again, Fox News. Um, a lot of our viewers are concerned about Craig's recent appearance on the Kylie Clarkson show. They spent about 10 minutes discussing pronouns, and there seemed to be a little bit of a confusion there. Would you be happy to clear that up? As you know, most of my viewers are not really concerned with such an issue, and they said it was wasted airtime. Care to comment? Yeah. Uh, first, I just wanted to say, hey, Jason. Thanks, you. I like what you it. did with uh, your uh, hair my this wife week. Actually cut it. it looks nice. Oh yeah, it has kind of like a uh, like a um, rustic look Thank to you. it. Appreciate it. Um. Anyway, uh, so. I, I think what you're not under I, I think this is another lost in translation type deal. Craig was not talking about pronouns as in like he, him, she, her, they, them. He said that he was pro oh, now. Interesting. Whereas uh Kelly Clarkson was pro verbs. And they were having a discussion about like, oh, what is the most important part of a sentence, a noun or a verb? Uh, I, I don't know if you've ever taken the time to watch Kelly Clarkson's show, but it is a little bit of a grab bag. So uh, he didn't really know what to expect going in there. And uh, grammatical discussion was certainly not. Uh, not one the top final of the question. Uh, Julie, ABC. Um, there are some serious concerns about Craig's opinion of his brother. Um, you know, as his brother is serving his fifth year in prison this year. Craig said something like he deserved it, and I hope he finds a girlfriend in there. Care to comment? Yeah, I I think that the Seattle Institution for Correctional Facilities is probably one of the most rehabilitation-oriented centers in our country. And I just think that, you know... Stealing DVDs from Family Video, which is already a dead business, is kind of just like kicking a dead horse. And he deserved to be caught and tried and punished for his crime. That's that's quite frankly unforgivable. And like I said, because it is a rehabilitation center, uh, everyone is included there. So it's all about the learning and growing experience together. And I think that that would be not a bad place for him to find someone to spend the rest of his life with is in a center about well, I growth. Think that's like all the that. time we have today. Thank you so much for your time, Archibald. See you next week. Good save on that last Aye, one. No problem. <laughs> like this. I don't know if Craig can get out of yeah, this. Yeah, listen. <laughs> that is the most, uh, that, is, that is the most change of interpretation of language, language I think I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, him and dude. All right, are you ready? Do you, listen, listen. Alex has done some pretty comprehensive <laughs> like, things, well, so you got to be on your toes. Uh, this isn't a joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, uh, 
Mary Tyler Moore from the CBS man. News Channel. Uh, I, I, I have a yeah, I have a yeah. question about your client Alex Good. Uh, wait, wait, wait! Before you start, um, I heard do we have that any uh, guys with questions first. Um, Alex said he wanted to flip this press release backwards, so guys first, girls last. Uh, ma'am, do you identify as a male? All right, can you go to the back uh, of the line, please? No, I uh, guess you. I can let one of the guys to the front, bud. Uh, okay. Hey, my name's uh, we get started, my name's Vin Diesel, and I'm also for sweet. Just had to make yeah. sure I don't like misgender you. Hit it. Uh, I'm Vin Diesel, and I'm also from the CBS Any relation News to, uh, Network. Vin Diesel. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah, you guys me. look familiar. Uh, I've I Fast Nine was a <laughs> F Nine was a success, and I wanted to try nice. new ventures, so I am now a reporter. Um. So, word on the street is that uh, Alex Good was caught at uh, a Civil War memorial. Uh, uh, he he didn't deface the memorial itself, but he gave what some might call a blasphemous speech in front of yeah, it. Do you, do you have any comments so, about that? Next. You. What's your name? <laughs> Um, uh, well, uh, wait a uh, second. Mary Tyler Moore again uh, from CBS. Do you identify as a male? All right. Sorry. Still, still no. You, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, uh my name is Steven. I'm sweet. Hit me. Yes. Hey. Okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Steven and. Uh, okay. I'm from PBS News. Hey, Stephen, if you could put a little bass in your voice, I can barely hear you up here. Next. No, um, no. Uh, uh, Think about what you're going to say. I'm Stephen from PBS. Uh, you, you can cut in front of Stephen. He's figuring out what he's talking about. Okay, hey, Mary, Mary Tyler Moore from you know CBS News. Uh, <sighs> say it. Fine. I don't want to get in trouble over here. No, no, we know, we know. St- Steven, are you ready to go? Okay, okay. Uh, uh, not, y- yeah, ready. Are you, are you going to ask your question or not? Steven's still trying to figure it out. Well, do oh, you identify you're, as a you're letting me you said you kind of alluded ask to the yes. question. So, do you? Okay. Steven, no. have I given you enough time? No. I feel like... Wait, 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 wait. I feel... Who is like, this guy? This is... They said you're the spokesperson for me? Alex? Who is what yeah. guy? Get, dude, you're making things worse. Get out of here. Tell mom. We'll talk later. All right. I'll feel these questions myself. What'd you guys got for me? You, hot one in the front. Got a question? No, you. Not you, the, the uh, girl. Uh, my name's Steven. Oh, sweet. My, what you got my name me, is Mary Tyler Moore. I'm from... CBS. Of course you are. Yeah, Fucking I'm from CBS place. News, and what is? They're good. What looking. are you insinuating? I'm sure you have a good question. What you got for me? No, actually, that's pretty appropriate because uh, you have been accused of calling yeah. every reporter you meet yep. a dime piece, and mm-hmm. while some find it flattering, others are uh, considering it uh, sexual harassment, which I do not believe that they are. All right. Far First from all, making that I have accusation. A question for you. So, did what? I offend you when I when I said that about you? 
Then why didn't you it say anything? It made me a little uncomfortable, yeah. Uh, because you don't, I'm trying so you to be you think standing up to create, a person uh, um, who's taking advantage of a specific group is unprofessional? Why didn't you say anything? See, this is the problem well, with women. Is Wait, 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 sir? Okay, well, maybe you that's... You can't be your own PR guy. Get back there. I'll handle... Dude, I was asking... It doesn't matter. Get back there. Hi, sorry about that. My name's Craig. I'm going to be Alex's PR guy. Disregard everything he said. Um, he's actually on medication right now. He went through a recent breakup. Um, so he's trying to get his life back together. I'll field any questions. How about you in the front? Um, hey, Steven, my my name's you? Steven. Uh, I'm with... I'm with PB. I'm with. Do I? I'm with. I'm with PBS News. Sorry, I'm still working oh, on the wait, on the voice with? thing. Um, no, it's just Alex thought I needed oh, dude, don't worry about more that. bass he's, in my in my like voice. Said, he's on medication. Oh. Um. Uh. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Sh- yeah. Sure. Um. Anyway, yeah. as as I was saying, um. Uh. Breitbart just released an email saying that. He, uh, a mass email to everyone with pictures mm-hmm. of Alex dressing his child in pure yeah. MAGA 2020 gear, which is weird, particularly because the yeah. baby was born um, after the election. I was just kind of curious if there was any um, clarification what I heard, on that. Um, they were fielding Halloween costumes and his daughter wanted the scariest costume there was. And that's the best he could come up with. Uh, any further questions? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, one final question back here. Um, uh, my name is Richard, and I'm from uh, Coca-Cola Industries, and uh, I just had one question for Alex. And uh, you know, that's, here's um, the thing: Coke or Pepsi? I've been we've actually been asked this a lot. You know, he is sponsored by Pepsi, um, but he doesn't want to cut off all those people who support Coca-Cola. His father, big Coca-Cola supporter. Um, and we don't really hold that against him. You know what I mean? So, um, although he is sponsored by Pepsi, we love Pepsi over here at this house. Um, we also love Coke as well. Um, can't really talk to you about which one is the superior product, but just know that we love our soda. Thank you so much for you guys' time. Appreciate it. Oh, oh, yeah? oh, hold on. Wait a minute. That was a trick because you see, I'm not with Coke or Pepsi. I'm an undercover rep for RC Cola. And here we are, once again, Coke or Pepsi, RC Cola, not getting any love. How do, how do you feel as a representative for a celebrity? And you think that you can just walk around forgetting about RC Cola like that? Huh? Um, how, does that well, how do you sleep like I said, at night? And I think most of this conference knows, um, Alex only talks to billion dollar sponsors. Um, and the last bid we got from you was $56 and... and a bottle cap. Yeah, I know. Um, That doesn't really warrant his time. If you guys got a bigger budget, he would consider using your product. However, with the budget you gave him, he couldn't even afford um, much to shoot the commercial with. So thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate all of you. Sorry about the confusion. Yes. Wait, 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 wait. What about $19 and a ham sandwich? quite there. Um, Again... Appreciate your guys' time. Sorry about the confusion okay. with the multiple reps I resp- I re- and Alex coming out here himself. It's a little bit crazy back there, but thank you for your patience. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. 
all the reporters just turn to each other and they're just like, so we're just going to destroy this guy in the press, right? And they all just like nod at each other like... (laughs) (laughs) Like this guy... Like the next conference will be at his funeral, right? Out on him, like there's gonna be protests outside of his house. This guy's getting doxxed immediately. All right, (laughs) all right. Well, that was PR training. Uh, Alex and I are the perfect celebrities, obviously. All right. So this week, for our middle segment, we're doing show notes. So if you what if you listen to last week's episode, you will know that we did a bit called backwards jokes. And we did we each did one that went right. relatively okay, right? And then we did a third one that for the life of us we could not figure out. So the premise of backwards jokes is that we were given a punchline and a style and we had to come up right. with the setup. Right? There was an attempt to mix that around, but that only made um, us more confused. Yeah. So the problem the problem that we were running into was the punchline of if it was so hard, why don't you do it? And the style was character voices, right? And both of us bombed yes. super hard using that same premise. So we're gonna go back and try to figure out what went wrong. Now I've been thinking about this because um yeah uh, i mean bombing definitely went wrong fun um but i do i'm glad we kept it in because um people need to know that we're human and we make mistakes and you know what you don't always bat a thousand i personally bat about like 990 which is you know not bad but every once in a while there's a miss and this just happens to be a miss so there are two things While editing that episode, there were two things that I realized what went wrong. First, the phrase doesn't make any sense. If it's so hard, why don't you do it yourself? That doesn't mean anything. That's the the hard part about these jokes, is they may may not make any sense. So I think the phrase we were looking for is, if it's so easy, why don't you go do it yourself? So, do we want to Let's try? Change do we it, want to change it to that, or do we still want to try to? Fi- okay. Okay. And the other thing that came to mind is both of us were trying to do one-person dialogue scenes. It should have just been a storytelling yeah. joke, right? Like you can still do character voices while yeah. telling a story. So I think that needed to be the groundwork okay. so instead I think of what the we dialogue. Do is we should both take a pass at this joke. And if we do it well, we get a shot at a brand new setup or a brand new style, brand new punchline. And we have to see if we can do it. A successful joke first time around the next time. Then and we're not if it this bombs back, a middle second segment time, just became a one hit wonder. Then. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So I'm, let's take like 30 seconds and just like this. is. I know this isn't how improv works, but let's just if take it's so a second. Easy. And think about it. it in kind of like a story format. Wait, what's the, the punchline is if it's so easy, why don't you do it? Yeah. And the style is going to be yeah. voices, but we should incorporate it into a story. Okay. I think I've got something. I want you to go. First. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Because if you bomb, then I'm not going to feel bad for bombing, you know? Okay. And if we both bomb, we're not even going to try it on a okay. second one. 
I think I think the obvious audience deserves better. I just developed a freaking Russian accent halfway through that sentence. The audience deserves <laughs> the audience better. better. Russia. Anyways, continue. Your joke. <laughs> All right. So my family just got a new puppy, right? A, uh, just like a little pug, derpy little guy, eyes pointed out the side of his head. Um, and I was home alone with the dog. You know, the kid was at school. The wife yeah, was out getting drinks or whatever that setup doesn't make any sense but that's not the point the point is i was just in the backyard playing fetch with the dog and every time i threw the ball this dog just could not catch it every single time Ten- like it's just a small little tennis ball too it's not like i'm like i'm not like hucking a basketball or something so after like six or seven tries i throw this tennis ball and he j- and like he keeps like like it keeps hitting him in the face like clearly he's trying to catch it with his mouth but it just keeps hitting him in the face and eventually after a little while i'm like bro you're a dog this is supposed to kind of be like your thing dogs catch balls and i and i said that out loud kind of to myself and the dog looks at me and he goes oh yeah well if it's so easy why don't you try it yourself yeah That was a story was. with a character and you voice. Use the punchline. Well, I mean, you did it. You checked all the boxes. That's okay. the bar. That's the bar. Now, I I don't think it'll be difficult to jump over that bar. However, if you if somehow, manage, somehow to manage to go, to go under, under the bar, bar you will be hitting yourself in the face. Theory. All right. So here we go. So I was actually at work, um, and at work we have a bunch of stools that we use, um, just around the desk, and they're, they obviously they roll and stuff. We actually had one that went defective, not too long ago, and my buddy actually went and sat on it, and the metal pipe went through the fabric and into him, and then we obviously had no idea what to do. Homie's screaming, bloody murder. I think at first it was like shock, but then he just let loose. He's yelling. It was traumatizing for all of us. And obviously we kind of didn't know what happened. No one actually saw it happen. And now, and then essentially he was just sitting on a pipe and we're just like, dude, you have to get up. You have to, we didn't really know how deep it went. It was, it was bad. Um, but we're like, you have to get up. You have to get up. And he's like, I can't. So he told us, if it's so easy, why don't you do it? So Josh went, ripped the supports of the stool, and sat on it. And homie Josh died on said stool. And that's my story. All right, all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> the fact that you laughed, we're laughing at your own jokes. Also, I think by yeah, default I mean, makes I mean, it a little bit funnier. Used by many comedians, um, laugh at your own jokes so people know when to laugh. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, uh, the judges over here say that you only checked two of the three boxes. Uh, because if you were trying to do a yes, character they voice, were they weak, were super but I didn't weak. Wanted to take us too far. Out. 
because I think the biggest, the character voice was the actual punchline. I did the punchline in the character's voice. Uh, rewind if you guys didn't catch it. It was slightly different, but I was also like thinking that if I if I committed too hard Not to committed. it, it was going to take people out. Especially since people know what the actual setup and what the since they know the elements of the joke, I had to switch it up a little bit. But that was honest effort. If I lost on a technicality, I'm not ending my um, comedy career. But that was my honest to God try, guys. And if it wasn't good enough, I'm sorry. Okay. I do not want to do another one. Yeah. Because um, I kind of probably hate won't the be segment. doing this one again. And if we um, do, we're gonna have to come up with some brand new rules. Yeah. Or what we could do is next time we have a guest, we just force them to do it so that way they can think, oh man, comedy's yeah. really hard. These guys must be the really segment. good at it. Make them do it, and then we just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, or and then we, we make don't them do, do it. it <laughs> and we have practiced a joke up until this point. And we give each other, like, uh, Craig, I'll just come up yeah. with a punchline on top of my head. And I just give you a punchline I gave you like three weeks ago. Yeah. And this is this is important. It's important that we discuss stuff like this on the podcast. So that way, if we ever have a guest, we know who has and hasn't hasn't listened to every episode. All right. Let's Mm -hmm. hit our one hit wonder. We're bringing back TikTok trends. And this TikTok trend is called minor inconveniences. And Craig, I'm going to be sending you a link to TikTok right now. Um, I'll do it to send it to your phone, actually. I'll give you a chance to look at it, and then okay. we are going to imitate it. We'll also, Craig, make sure to put in the description so they can watch the TikTok themselves. So just going to copy this link over to them. And this is what we're doing. So um, for those of you who, for some reason, aren't going to watch the TikTok and know what we're doing, it's called Minor Inconveniences because we're going to be, someone's going to wrong us in some way, right? And we're going to wish minor inconvenience on them but very 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 specific minor inconveniences i'll play should i just play the audio of the tiktok for him uh no 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 so yeah the basic premise of this tiktok is like the example i i don't even think like the examples they give are important we can just go for it sure you'll catch up real fast i've not thought about these we're literally going to be coming up with these on the spot And we're also giving what yeah. the minor inconvenience is, right? Okay, so I'll, I'll I have one right off the t- uh, off the top of my head. If you if you merge into the lane next to me without using a turn signal, I hope that all of your sheets are uncomfortably <sighs> warm on the hottest Jeez. summer night. If you chew your gum, start a meal, take your gum out, put it on top of your cup, and then when you're done eating, you take that same gum, put it back in your mouth. I hope on my life, the next time you order coffee, it is significantly way too sweet and it's just a little too many calories and it spikes your blood sugar so much that you can't focus for the rest of the day. I hope that, sorry, if you have to ask me for a pencil or pen more than three times, I hope that the next time you go to lock your house, the oh. key breaks in the lock. So that way your house is still locked and like you can still go in through the back door. But this one door is Yikes, just unusable. Dude. dude, I hope 
that the next time I loan someone a pen or pencil and they just don't give it back, that when they go home, they hop on the Wi-Fi, that the password's changed. And they can no longer give it to guests. So everyone just thinks, oh, this guy either doesn't have his own Wi-Fi or doesn't trust me enough to give me the password. I (laughs) swear on my life, if one more person comes up to me and asks me how old my daughter is, after guessing two or three times the incorrect age, such as, how old is she? Five months? No. Four months? No. Two months. No, she's actually three. And for that, I hope on my life, every time they go to the grocery store, they get the one grocery cart with the rogue wheel that just squeaks and wiggles every single time they push it, every movement, and it's the loudest thing in the store. I hope that the next person who goes 50 and a 35 and passes me on the right because they think that I'm the one going too slow in a residential area, that they go home and they see that all the lights in their lamps and ceiling fans and light fixtures are all just a little too dim. Like, not dim enough to where they feel justified in going and buying new light bulbs and changing them, but not too bright to where like they still like don't feel comfortable in the amount of Dude, light that they are in. I swear on my life. If one more person starts mowing a little later in the day because it's getting hot outside and they're like, you know, what? I'll just mow my lawn at six o'clock and I try to put Willow down and they can't go to sleep because I hear of a weed whacker or a lawnmower. I hope that anytime they try to open anything, it's way too tight and they have to go ask one more person for help and they open it easily. No effort whatsoever. If you are a hacker in a video game and you cause a lobby to crash, I hope that every door you go through for the next week has somebody on the other side also trying to go through the opposite direction. I hope that the next person who says, when I, when I ask them, how are you doing? They say either live in the dream or another day in paradise. I hope on everything that is important to me that the next time they put on their shoes, it's a little too small and they have to put their finger in the back of their heel to slip their foot in, but it's just small enough that now they pinch their thumb really hard and now it's just kind of scratched up the back of it. And if they do that a couple more times, it's going to start really hurting and they're going to be like, should I even wear these shoes? I hope that happens. The next person that responds like a jerk to a very sincere and honest question. I hope that your favorite book or video game that gets adapted into a movie is the worst content that has ever been produced. That's a little bit more than a minor inconvenience. Um, I hope um, the next person that goes into a friendship and starts nicknames way too early like we just met and you're already starting nicknames i hope that then every time you use a sharpie it smears the next person 
that insult someone for liking something because it isn't cool or trendy or rated highly among critics, I hope that every M&M package that you have has Skittles in it instead. Yikes, dude. Dude, I (laughs) hope that every single person who lets their kid throw stuff on the floor at a restaurant or go and touch everything at a department store. I hope that every time they try to use a keyboard, cap locks, it gets stuck and they have to type in all caps and then they have to go into word, copy paste everything in and then have word adjust the capitalization. (laughs) If you keep trying to get my attention when I have my headphones in, I hope that you have a headache that's not strong enough to justify Advil, but not weak enough to leave alone. If one more person goes on Instagram or social media in general and posts a picture of them at the gym saying, I had to grind. I had to get up early. I didn't have a choice. If If you're not willing to do it today, then you'll never do it. Start now. Post some random Motivation Monday BS. I hope that every time they try to put on some nice clothes, they realize they have to iron it and they never quite have the time. So what we're saying is don't I don't think they're freaking ready us. for what we could bring upon them. <laughs> um... That was That's TikTok trends, minor inconveniences. My All right. Uh that was a good one hit wonder. Good job all around. Um we forgot to do this last time. Uh but do you have any uh encore shows mm, that you've been watching? I just watched One Division. S- finished it. Um Yeah, finished it. It didn't like the first 3 episodes, but I understand they had to do it that way. Um but finished it today. The ending's pretty fire, so definitely recommend. Um, I also finished the second season of Mythic Quest, or as far as you can go. I know there's, they're still coming up with episodes. I'm officially caught up. Highly recommend. If you like our style of comedy, you'll probably like that show. So highly recommend that Mythic Quest um, with Rob McElhinney <clears throat> on Apple Plus. And um, I started Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's like quintessential. Oh, I need to get I think on it's that. Like, all comedians, people super into comedy, like that show. It's kind of got that like Office, Deadpan, Sein- uh, I Seinfeld. Mean, um, Larry David was a writer on Seinfeld, so it's kind of got that kind of humor, but in like an Office yeah. camera talking directly to the camera, eye in the camera, that kind of thing. I love it so far. I've only watched one episode, but you'll probably be hearing that from me again. What about you? Yeah, um, I just wrapped. Uh, watching an Invincible season one. Uh, it is, in my opinion, the perfect comic book adaptation. All comic book adaptations should try to do what Invincible did. And I've also been watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, despite the mm-hmm. fact that it's been canceled for a third season. Um, but uh, it's exactly my kind of show. You I'm glad you know it. so well. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I'm enjoying it a lot. Also, uh, Bailey, who, you know, you might have heard in some of our bonus episodes, we watched You've Got Mail with Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Not great. 
Listen, it is quintessential Boy, 90s oh and boy. not in a good way. I, see, the thing is, is your movie recommendations, I don't know if what that means for me. Because we're on the same page sometimes, or we're complete opposites. So I think I'm going to have to watch it anyway, which sucks. Okay. You definitely should. Because, I, because my biggest complaint about that movie is Tom Hanks is a bad person for the entire movie. He just, he doesn't have a character arc. And... The sh- and, the, and the show is called You've mm-hmm. Got Mail. The movie's called You've Got Mail. They exchange emails four or what? five oh, times wait. over the course of the movie. Like, clearly you are not re- you are not relying on your gimmick enough. But that's what I've been watching. Um, you can follow the show at Permanent Good. You can follow, you me, can follow me at Permanent at Handle. Alex the Goods, G-O-O-D-E-S on all social medias. Reach out. Especially, on, I'm more active on Twitter, so... Text me something, message me something. You know what it is. Um, and maybe I'll talk to you. Probably I'll talk to you. What am I talking? I got nothing else going on. Um, we are launching our uh, Patreon. So uh, if you go to patreon.com slash user slash Richard Nixon son, uh, you can subscribe for a $10, a $30 or a $400 tier. And if we get 500 patrons by the end of the month, Alex and I will um, kiss. Slight addendum. One, if you want to actually set up a Patreon for real, let us know. And two, um, I can't list the number of how much I would need to get paid for us to kiss. But just know that none of our fans have that amount of money. None of them. Okay. Oh, no, 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 no. Are you telling me? So this episode is coming out on like June twenty mm-hmm. first or something like that. June twenty second. Are you telling me that if we didn't get five hundred, that if we got five hundred patrons in eight days, okay, that so five hundred patrons—that's five thousand dollars, right? Because <laughs> it, it's at the lowest tier. Let's assume they all got the lowest um, tier. Ten bucks. Yeah, and and after Patreon taking after Patreon it's taking cut, cut, sure, twenty five hundred bucks. Not enough. Not enough. Let's say $10,000, right? <laughs> Do you know what we would use for that money? First of all, I'm not taking it because we're going to use it for the podcast. Still wouldn't kiss you, though. It's not happening. Because the problem <laughs> is, is anything I would buy with that money, I'm like, this is kissing Craig money. And that would ruin it for me. My dream car, <laughs> that would ruin it for me. Most hey. things, it would ruin it for me. So, so the number is too high for me to get over that. <laughs> Because not only do you have to, first of all, this episode is too long, so I should probably stop talking. But not only would I have to like overcome the knowledge that I paid for it by kissing you, I'd have to get high as a kite all the time to not remember it. And then you'd have to pay for rehab for my new drug addiction. So it's not worth it. Guys, I'm sorry. If that's something you're interested in, there's no amount of money. There's no amount of money. So, Macy, if you've made it this far in the podcast, can you please go to your husband and tell him the number that it would actually have to be? Because I feel like if Macy heard a number, also, she'd look at you and be like, Alex, Macy come on. stick around for a podcast that's like two and a half hours long. It's not happening. Yeah, it's that's not happening. That's why I said and if. Logan, if you did make it this far, we're definitely banging tonight. 100%. And when you hear this, you're probably out on a walk. Maybe with our daughter. Shoot me a text so I know to prep. Come bring in the thunder. All right, we're going to end this podcast. Okay, you, you're disgusting. I hate you.
Uh, my name is Alex Craig Wells, a.k.a. AKA Permanent Alex Handle. Good. Have fun, be safe, it, and make good choices. Oh, by the way, Tell Your Mama Said See you next Hi week. was in one of the Fast and Furious movies. They stole it from me. <laughs> All right. See you guys later. That, yep. See ya.